welcome to CSGO Out Here Podcast number 9. I am Saga. Sadly, Nart cannot show up today. He's on rotation. He does have a real job outside his uh, CSGO videos. So he is saving lives while also saving everyone's life in CSGO videos. I am here talking about an amazing topic, UKCS. We have an amazing group of people today. We got first, IGL Fanatic, Mezzi. Good evening. Mighty Max, IGL from Endpoint. Hello. Our usual guy we always bring on, everyone knows, Yumi. Hey, yo. We have the person who set all of this up, and I'll give a special thanks to him, LVN. Hello, hello. We have one of the good-ass commentators of Haka. Oh, hello. We have a coach from Gamer Legion, Ash. Hello. We have the a commentator and the king of drip himself, Jack Esports. Jackie. Wagwan Gamers. And we have one of, the, one of the guys who everyone told me to bring up. It's a freelance commentator, and he's a journalist for UKCSGO.com, which everyone should look up for further information. Give me Renar. I'm calling him Freddy. Good evening, everyone. All right, guys. How's everyone doing? And yeah, I, felt, I like, to, I like right. to say the intros felt like a little skewed, like one way or the other. Well, like, you... I also I also commentate, bro. Like, come no, on. No, but we, like, we inter- their own intros. We, we interviewed you so Do many you? times. Yeah, oh. we brought you so many times. We we know who you are. Everyone knows who Yumi is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a commentator. Then, all right. Nice. Uh, before I dive into the UKCS, I'm gonna have a l- l- easy softball question for everyone. Is you can free ring it. Uh, what what got all you guys interested in CS:GO? I'll start with to go first. Yeah, which order? <laughs> I'll go. With Me- we'll go with commentator order. We'll go with Messi first. Okay, um, so I got into CS through my dad, who also played uh, Source uh, years and years ago, whenever that was a thing. Um, so I started playing Source, and then in around 2013, I think, then I, I had like, well, I had a huge break. Obviously, I was really young when I played Source, and then come back to CS and saw CSGO was a thing in around, started playing around 20, end of 2013 and started playing it there. Uh, Mighty? Mighty Max? Uh, mine's pretty similar. My brother is playing 1.6, so I actually started with Source, and then I've played CS ever since, sort of like 2007, obviously, uh, a long time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Yumi? Uh, played a bit of 1.6, dropped it for ages, picked up CSGO, game was trash, picked it up like three years later after uh, DreamHack Winter 2015, or 2013, sorry. Um, when the Olaf boost thing came out and hooked ever since. All right, LVN. My one's uh, quite odd. I I played Minecraft before I played CS, and I played the Minecraft version of CS:GO, which is called Mindstrike, and it had like the texture pack and everything, you know. And that's sort of what got me into it. And I started watching it, and I I only had like a like a dog, you know, like MacBook mac that has like a big screen it's like a desktop and i couldn't run cs so i had to i had to play that until i could afford a pc and i started playing cs yeah, yeah. mom's probably the weirdest that is the weirdest yeah. i'll say <laughs> dude i was to say i, I could have people coming from valorant to cs but i never considered minecraft cs, CS pipeline talents wow uh, uh yeah i've got the same question i started playing source ages ago um 
Wait, have I frozen on the stream, by the way? I was going to say, are, are you dying? <laughs> you think you're dying? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. We got our first victim from UK yeah. Internet. I, I didn't our know if that was victim. just me. <laughs> 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 Everyone you're was just accepted it. it. five minutes. Just accepted it. <laughs> I, I could interpret every, like, fifth word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, wasn't it also Hawker that was like, oh, yeah. guys, Who's one of us is going to lag, man. Yeah. yeah. That was the first one. <laughs> He's racked himself for no reason. <laughs> Alright, if you want to, if you want to like reconnect, you can uh, join Ray for your right Alright, uh, Ash, it's it's it's, it's, it's his it's his voice as well as his cab. It's yeah, like it's, it's a little it's lagging all over the place. <laughs> oh, Ash, I'll, we'll let him fix his issue. We'll come back, Ash. We join to site now, or just yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go back to Arca. We'll let him fix his stuff. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so my my friends at school pretty much got me into it. I kind of. I think there's the other fifth player. I I kind of played. I didn't really have a like CS to be honest. I, I think I did for two years. Where I just barely played it at all. And then I think CGS kind of got me in because I just saw how like competitive it was, and that kind of you know kind of got something in me, in me. I think that kind of like yeah, I, I actually want to try and give this a go. So I was more of like a command and conquer player to be honest when I first started. But CS is just kind of it's just it's just good. I I I, uh, I love everyone's like different answers. We got a guy from Minecraft, that's guy from Command and Conquer. So <laughs> everyone's stories are always different. That's why I love it. Uh, Jackie. Uh, God, I think basically I used to just play loads of CS Source back in the day, like 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Uh, after that, it was just a lot of, of people saying, "Oh, you know, you you've got the voice for for Counter Strike." So I kept playing whilst trying to sort of do commentary shit on the side. Uh, and then, do you know Raheem? You know, obviously, great frag, that guy. I used to impersonate him and do his voice on, like, pub servers, and people loved it and thought it was fucking banter. So I kind of just ran with that and was like, I reckon I could commentate. And it, it all just went from there. So just a lot of playing Source and uh, too many hours invested to ever quit at that point. That's how CS grabs you. Yeah, it's how it does. Hey. Uh, Freddy? Um, well, I was a big Call of Duty boy. My brothers were a lot older than me when I was growing up, so like we just had Xbox and stuff. And they started, I don't know if anyone knows a game Combat Arms. It's like an old, really like kind of like knockoff of CS. Uh, and they used to play that, and he was like one of the best players in, in Europe for it, but there wasn't much of a competition. Uh, and then, yeah, my, my friend started playing CS. Um, I really hated it, and they bought me like a three, like, a, like one of those like really cheap skins. And I was like, oh, this is so cool skins. And that kind of got me into the game originally. Uh, we'll go back to Haka. I guess let him answer his question for his internet. Dive. Yeah, let me know if I you're if I'm good. lagging. I think you're good. It seems like I'm better for now. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, so I played a little bit of Source, but I only played like jail servers and minigame servers. So I really don't think that counts. And then I had some friends that played other games and got me into CS:GO pretty early. Funnily enough, back when the SG was busted at this time, but no one knew it, and they told me that everyone in CS uses the SG and not the AK. So I was playing with that cracked SG for years, and I was still garbage. So clearly didn't have what it took to become a pro. And I mainly just started following the game from there, and then yeah, just got into commentating. All right, man. Thank you guys, everyone, for the answers. Now we're gonna dive into the good shit, and what everyone wants to listen to. UKCS in its scene. So I'm gonna first start it off. Um, anyone can uh, start it. Free, we'll free ball it. Anyone can answer the questions. I'll get everyone's response. 
first off, can I just talk about the juxtaposition of you talking about the female CS scene before this one, and then now you've brought in the UK scene? As well. I know. It's like, you're, it's like you're targeting the the emerging markets. You know, you're you're, try, I, you're trying real hard. I'll bring this up. We want to get the, we want to cover the female scene first, and then literally the mid, the last Tuesday, Alvian messages Nard and I, and we're like, "Hey, can you do a special on UK?" I'm like, "Fuck it, we're doing it." Yeah, okay. that's all. It's all thanks to him. It was not my idea. It was all LVN's just, idea. I'm just saying. Good guy, The optics, the optics yep. are there. Thank yeah. you guys. All right, we're gonna start it off. Free ball it. How big is CS:GO in the UK? Small. It's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> no one really plays it. Not anymore. Was it before Valorant? Was it like big at all? No. No one. You, you mean you mean like in the public? In the like, public, uh, public I... esports, all that stuff. I had like one friend at school who played CS:GO. No, I don't. I don't think it ever has been. What? Yeah. What was the big? What's the big game over there? Like it's probably FIFA. It's firstly, it's like PC games compared to console games. I think like probably like most people have a console rather than a PC, so that's the first thing because you can't play CS on a console. Yeah. And then when you get into PC games, it's just then again like you've got. Like, not many people that play CS. It's like, probably everyone, if they played at school, probably had, like, one or two friends that played it. But apart from that, everyone else was on, like, consoles and stuff. It wasn't... It's, like, it's pretty small to most. It's kind it's... of... Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, go ahead, everyone. It's shifting a lot more now with the times. But it's especially, like, obviously... Uh, you give it, like, what, 20 years ago, basically. Um, stuff like that, even 10, 15 years ago. It's it's more the in the UK especially you know it's not looked at as like a real career path so you try and explain it to like your friends or family this is what you enjoy doing and they're like oh why are you doing that it's a waste of fucking time like you're a nerd you know you're sat there like oh cool I mean I know I am but there was no need for that and it, it's one of those where you have to really work hard to get any kind of traction to do what you want to do because people just don't think it's a real thing it's you know, gaming isn't an option you can go down it's, it's a waste of time it's not a job whereas now i think we're a little bit more on kind of turning that idea like Fortnite did a lot in the uk in terms of being able to explain to your parents like look i can make money this is a real thing and they're kind of a bit more accepting but it is just kind of the way England works with like sort of the culture of it. You know, if your kid comes home and says, I want to play games for this many hours a day, you're going to sit there and just be like, well, probably not. That's just the the raw reality of it. And like you were saying as well, there's not as many PC gamers. It wasn't as big as the market. The consoles were cheaper and it works easier for, for the average person. Yeah, I think that's still even a problem now because, I mean, if you look at like other esports like Rocket League, Fortnite, COD, um, Halo as well, there's like a lot more uk top level players at least that, that that's just mm. a, a, a fact of the matter because of the fact that consoles are, are more affordable and they're also like a, a they're a tool used by parents to like deal with their kids to a certain degree like they your your kid can play games and that's that's fine to a certain extent and you can sort of on the sly get better and better and better that way whereas like shelling out a grand plus for anything to be relatively competitive in in a shooter like CS or even like Overwatch is much harder to justify. Not to mention, if you do have a computer like that, it's the family PC, and then mm. you know you're sharing that with your siblings or your your parents as well. I'm... With that said, I feel like Valorant though it's done a really good job at hitting mainstream, not just UK. It kind of goes for everywhere. But then it, like it's brought on like the amount of people. Whenever I say like, "Oh, I'm into esports," they're like, "Oh, Valorant." That's like their straight away first instinct, and I found that quite a lot in England. And one thing following on like what Jackie was saying about um, 
how like society doesn't really accept it. My school were actually really chill about it. So I only just left school. I'm only 19, so I just left school last year. I like my school were really chill about everything. They were just like, if you keep on your grades, like we'll actually be really will be really lenient with everything. And that was one thing I didn't expect like whatsoever. And my uni right now are really cool about like giving me a week out if I need it and stuff. Yeah, I definitely think that's uh, happening more now. Like, wait, when I was at uh, school, obviously, it wasn't, I mean, I'm not that old, so it's not that long ago. But uh, I think for me, it was more like a, a social thing as well. You know, like, you didn't really, a lot of my friends that I hung around with obviously played a lot of, like everyone said, like console games, you know, like FIFA and stuff. And I think, it's same as like Jackie said, I think when you brought into the topic of like PC gaming and stuff like that, I think everyone thought it was like a bit nerdy and so on. So you didn't really want to speak too much about it. So I think it was like probably not even until two, a couple of years ago that probably my friends from school knew that I actually played like uh, PC games and stuff, you know, because at least where around by me and I think even a few years ago in the UK at least it's even now it's not that big you know like like Jackie said I think Fortnite did a big thing you know and even now when I'm like traveling to events and maybe get a taxi or something in the UK to the airport and they ask me what I do and I say like play games and like the first thing they say is like uh what Fortnite I just I just say yeah you know it's basically the same thing but uh just stuff like that I think it's like I still don't think it's where it obviously you would want it to be but um I think it's just it's just not very big at the moment and I think it's turning like Jackie said it's I think people are getting more comfortable and like uh, Freddie said as well with unis like being more understanding with uh, people going out to events or like maybe having to miss some time out and stuff like that I think it's going in the right direction at least. There's still quite a lot of like negative media things I feel like whenever I see uh, an article it's, it's always negative like for example if, if they go to pick a camera up and go to an iSeries they'll always be something like this guy they look like they don't shower or these guys are nerds or someplace that they, they literally can't stop themselves and i think it's from bbc I, I haven't seen any big improvement in that and i think the only times i've ever interacted with someone about my job as in they've come and said uh, like with game they know them i mean gaming or something it's like oh yeah we saw this article or something on bbc like on the one show and i'll watch it and it'll just be something negative like there's, it's like they can't stop themselves doing it and i feel like other, otherwise if i've ever explained what i'm doing people just don't get it mm. I, I, I people might say like uh, there's other people comparing to Val or something i've not really had that same experience but it's kind of like how oh, you do gaming and they don't understand how you could make a living from it and yeah. then it's the conversation kind of doesn't go anywhere you know so I think it was still a, a long way when you talk to people from other countries or a long way behind other countries but may, maybe it's getting a little bit better i think it's still kind of I'd say it's not moved on that much in the last few years, personally. I wonder if, like, I wonder if this is more of a, like, London thing, because I feel like people around where I am will at least be aware, like, they'll be vaguely enough aware of esports where they're like, oh, there's a lot of money in that now, isn't there? Like, that's mm. the sort of comment I'll get, and I'll be like, well, it, it depends what you're doing, obviously. Mm. Um, and then also, yeah, I'd agree with what you guys were saying earlier in that I feel like for PC gaming especially, like for me, I don't think I'd have ever got into PC gaming if it wasn't my older brother who had like pushed to get a gaming PC in the house in the first place. I don't think I'd have ever had friends that got me into it. But I think it is definitely getting better now in that if you go to uni, for example, there's almost certainly going to be an esports society at the uni, at least once you get to that point. And that's pretty nice to have just as, as something you can do while at uni. Like, I don't think at high school you're going to have it as much. I know for my little brother, he does have friends he plays Valorant with. But yeah, when I was back in school, like, there was basically no one playing CS. I think there were a couple of people and they 
We're playing it very casually. I know for me at least. I'm, I'm on the get... topic of that hawker, though. Sorry, I was going to say because um, what because like, the reason why I know is and it's not very big and they haven't had much takeoff. But the British Esports Association, they're trying to get like uh, a like I think it's thirteen to eighteen year old tournaments in stuff like Fortnite um and fifa and stuff they've got a fair few schools i think behind it but the problem i find with what they do is it's really cool what they do with unis and schools but it doesn't get integrated with the actual scene so it seems like it's two different scenes like there's the uni and like the british esports association scene and then the rest of us yeah i don't know how how that goes in other countries actually because i know in like sweden denmark they have they have actually in their schools quite a lot of programs for counter-strike like it was crazy going to sweden the bartender at our hotel just randomly said to us oh yeah i used to be like kind of semi-pro in cs and then he said he thinks the reason he didn't make it pro was because his uh his like coach at school wasn't good enough and i was sitting there thinking you had a coach at school man like what the hell this is <laughs> this is crazy so yeah i i don't know if it's if they have it better integrated there i guess for cs i feel like if you started getting involved in competitive counter-strike I feel like you'd find ESEA just by getting involved in the scene, and then that's probably where you go to come up as a team anyway. So I don't know. Yeah, I think in NA at the moment, there's like a collegiate team that have just made ESL Challenger League. Yeah, so there is. I really don't think there's like an excuse for anybody transitioning from like, I guess maybe hand-holding is not the right term, but uh, at least having some sort of uh, an education-based esports system I don't think that's an excuse for not making it or not transitioning into the scene because there's even things like the UK circuit that you can take part in to like integrate with other UK players so long as you're actually good enough to be there. And I think that's the main thing is that we actually do have uh, quite a decent pool of players that are relatively competitive with each other just about whether that level is good enough to then compete outside of the UK. And that's another issue. I want to hit on what Ash said about like how the media kind of plays really fast, like how BBC like kind of looks down a little on esports. E we have the same situation of like ESPN and Fox Sports here. They don't think it's they think it's a joke. So I understand like some people in here. NA it's a little more accepting, but there's still the big ass media uh, conglomerates that had the same viewpoint that like oh, esports it's bullshit. That's what they believe. I think what you have to do is just think about what demographics they're actually pandering to. Like, yeah, it's how often do you tune in to, to the BBC strictly for all of their articles or what their coverage is going to be of X, Y event? Like, I feel like it's it's definitely targeted at sort of older, maybe more conservative viewpoints, Like, especially when it comes to how it's affecting their kids. Like, we, we're exposed to this both on the UK and the NA side because it's all English-speaking. So we, all, we understand what everything's going through. But I'd, I'd imagine it's very similar coverage in places like Europe as well. It's just when you consider that the, there are, I think, more success stories to, to sort of pin themselves to, it can be harder to, to back the more conservative viewpoint of like, oh, this is a waste of time or this is a waste of time. Because I think if you look at financial documents or financial journalism they they look at esports as being quite like a a blossoming industry whereas when you think about like the more social uh journalistic uh features they often talk about the effect of kids and is it is it linked to violence and things like that? yeah i think talking about the different countries yumi was mentioning is that in every event i've been to where it's been like in nordic countries or in central europe they've had 
national television from either that country or other countries represent like representing it and that's something that uk doesn't really do it at all and they don't necessarily even target so like, there was danish national television in cologne and like they were just doing anything they were just doing the event full stop like it was obviously talking to the danish players but like by large they were just there for national television covering the event it's like it's just something we don't have in the uk I think the closest we've had is like some stuff from maybe like BBC Three or something because I know BBC Three targets oh. that sort of stuff. Was I wasn't really around at the time, but the G Finity stuff that happened was that never targeted on TV and stuff? I can't actually remember. So it was all of it was on BBC Three when we yeah. did it, um, but that was just after BBC Three got moved to an online only channel. So although it was technically on television, yeah. obviously it wasn't really. But um, yeah, G Elite Series was all on the BBC. I think all of it was on BBC Three online. I think it's uh, in the UK. I I don't know. I don't follow like FIFA enough. But I think FIFA have had like some deals with the BBC. Like I feel like that's where it would go if anything. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. with esports, FIFA's been on Sky quite a lot, hasn't it? That's yeah. how it was on on the main channel. Like things like that. Like, like my, my dad will come talk to me sometimes. Like, oh, FIFA was on the other day, but I've never heard anything about about Counter Strike or anything like that. Yeah. But it's been good what what FIFA's been doing. I think as it's well, you should mention that that Mark Markwell has been doing a lot of interviews recently. I think that's kind of a positive thing we need because it's actually a guy who's involved saying a lot of positive things. You know, so I think that's kind of it's been nice to see that recently as well. I think the thing with FIFA is it's very marketable and I know the Premier League team a couple of years ago all had like their own divisions for FIFA and like that site that's just so marketable by the BBC whereas like CS it's quite hard to market like terrorists and counter-terrorists and that's been a problem we've seen throughout the years. Yeah we're gonna hit on that when it comes to the Valorant because the wording of CS terrorist CT bomb not the best lang best language in the world to market especially in like US and UK I'm assuming right? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it depends where, you, where you're doing it. Because I yeah. remember even with that, actually, off the back of that, when we did do the Elite Series, we, we were asked there formally not to obviously say terrorist or counter-terrorist. That was just CT and T yeah. because that was by the BBC's request. Um, but I think with that, uh, this this was like, what, 20, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, maybe? I, I can't remember. It's all a blur at this point. But um like even then that kind of was softly sort of coming in as like a shadow thing most people would do anyway like anders i think was the one that kind of really pushed it way back where him and moses just started saying ct and t and it caught on more so than having to say counter-terrorist and terrorist just to softly avoid people getting you know upset with sort of cs's branding so i think that one has its you know its own weird nuances to it where it makes sense but it's also kind of just like well grow up it is yeah. just a word <laughs> yeah, and like even at the Commonwealth Games, they've got esports now. And when I I heard that like they were doing like English team, Welsh team, and stuff like that, but like I always had in the back of my mind it was going to be like the accepted games. So I think it's like FIFA, Rocket League, and mm. I can't is it Dota? Dota, like, yeah. yeah. Those those sort of games are all sponsor friendly. You know, got all that stuff. I knew there was like, going to be because like CS is still like a hot sort of I don't know hot potato in terms of that sort of stuff. But like if there was ever God, uh, God, pray to gods that there is like a big update coming. That's something that like CS should definitely do because it's an easy thing to change it to like attack, defense, or just CT or T, just something like that. Because it it would help a lot, I think. That's why Riot are so like with commentating and stuff in Riot. They're like you're not allowed to say bomb and you, you can't say, say like say spike. That, yeah, you have to say the yeah. spike because of like I would assume it's because of sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, guys. Uh, thank you. We're gonna move on to the next question because it's probably one big one from everyone on Reddit and everyone's. It's the biggest question I always got right now, and we're we're gonna knock it out right now. Uh, the general thought press of UKCS and for all the forums and everything is a it's a meme and garbage. That's that's what we get from NA and on Reddit and all that stuff. Uh, why does everyone think the UK scene is just pure hot garbage at the moment? Because we are. There we go. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> um, what the fuck, man? We're supposed to talk joking, about I'm this. I'm joking. I think that it's always been around the same level. I think it's never been strong. It hasn't been weak. Um, there's actually been periods worse than, than right now, I think, where there's been almost no teams. But I think um, like post-Valorant, immediately after Valorant got announced, obviously a lot of people quit, and it was kind of up in the air. But... Um, I think the reason why everyone thinks it's bad is because there's not really much representation for it. You, you look at HLTV for tournaments and there's never a UK team. Like, outside of, like, Endpoint, if we ever had a UK core, like, there was never another... Oh, well, there's probably been one or two teams, like, into the breach and stuff, but it's always the same people and the same teams, you know? So there's never... People look at it and go, oh, well, you know, it's into the breach, it's Endpoint. Um, there's they don't really see new teams pop up. Never forget UMX when they existed. Yeah, and, and those yeah. guys as well. Actually, uh, speaking about UK players and just the UK in general, uh, there's a quote I got from Smulia from like the Face It Major, and I'll say it. It says, uh, "Don't be super arrogant because even if you think you're good in the scene, you're not good in CS at all." Like literally at all. Is there an arrogance problem in the UK with UK players at all? I don't know. I think it's a hard one to say. You know what I mean? You can't just sit there and go, they're yeah. all arrogant. However, I will say people can be quite full of themselves, to, to put it nicely. And it's one of those as well where the problem is ego doesn't really get you anywhere, especially not in esports because it's such a small scene. You piss someone off, uh, that's it. Well done. You might have just burned six other bridges in the in the long run. And especially as being a player, you don't have that many options. You know what I mean? If you're upsetting everyone, you get a bad rep, it, it's kind of done so. And I think inherently, that is just something that UK people, for the most part, do a little bit more than everyone else. We absolutely love giving it. It's just in our blood. So everyone wants to be the center of attention. You know, you want to seem cool, especially a lot of the upcoming talent that are way younger, instantly thrown into using social media, to being put in sort of, you know, higher pressure situations than kids kind of were back in the day, where they're now sat there with people looking at what they're saying on Twitter, people expecting them to perform well in an official and if you're struggling all of a sudden and, you know, you don't know how to deal with any of it, it can all get quite skewed quite easily. Because I feel like people in the UK scene kind of overreact to certain things when in reality, you kind of want to just say nothing, let it pass, which would be the easier way. I, I mean, that's one of the factors that probably affects it more is people being overly vocal when they should probably just be a bit more quiet about certain things. Speaking of vocality, before I let you guys reach up, I saw this last year in Euros with you, the England and throughout the whole year so you guys were saying we're bringing it home we're bringing it home like to americans some people thought you guys were just arrogant pricks to me i thought it was you know confidence i get it as an idea of fucking confidence that you guys are gonna win it like that was just from my perspective because i think uk people uk i know a lot of some i know a lot of people from the uk they're all confident people that's what i get from you guys 
Nah, it's the, it's, it's all a meme. Uh, that's, yeah, it's like yeah, self. Yeah. It's everyone like joking about you, but yeah. no one actually believes England. I think we could have the best we team in the world by yeah. miles, and we, no, we nobody thinks we're going to win it. So uh, that's just all. It. It's self-deprecating. It's what we do best. It's. I say it's the opposite. It's a confidence. Is uh, it's the like UK joking, sort of thing. It's joking until you win, and then it was. In, instead, you just flip it to yeah. it was support the whole time. You know. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you just you try your best. Ah, uh, Menzi, any but, thoughts? Uh, I mean. Back on the UK thing, I mean, what Max said is like, uh, like completely true. Like, I think it, it's always been at a similar level, like the whole of the UK scene, bar from like Endpoint, they're the only team that have kind of done something, I guess. Um, and then, like you said, right after Valorant, like first come out, um, I think it was the main reason that, like, that was when I first left the UK scene and went to a European team because kind of had to, because that's our that's how our team kind of like uh, fell apart because uh, Lincoln and Cray ended up going to Valorant, and then I think from personal experience, I think the main problem in in or a big problem in the UK is pretty much down to just like laziness, I think, um, and a lot of players don't really want to put in the time to to actually grind you know like i think it's only i think and uh and it's the same thing with a lot of what people say on twitter and stuff and people get really annoyed about things but i think people love the idea of being a professional and like oh yeah i really want to be this player i want to i want to get to this uh tournament and so on but like they don't really like the idea of actually putting the time in you know and they love they love to say like i'm putting this time in and whatever but they in real like realistically then they're, they're not really doing it and i think it's only until like very recently that i've actually had players that are looking like actively looking to ask me questions or ask people questions on how to improve and like get some time like on the server to help them out and stuff and even then i think some people like like to ask for help and then uh, aren't like actively trying to because obviously people are busy and I'm, i have other stuff i've got to do as well but i'm always looking to help you know and if they can't be bothered to come ask for help then it's like i think that's another big problem it's just laziness and i think that's always been a a big problem within the scene is just people don't want to put the time in or they'll put the time in for a few months and then it's like as soon as something bad happens or one setback happens it's like okay it's that's the end of that i'm, I'm not gonna bother like still grinding and i think that's a big problem because like i said i think people love the idea of it or maybe want to ask for help and then they ask for help and then they're not really like fully focused on it or actually that bothered about getting the help it's just like the main thing for me is just laziness in the uk scene at least yeah it's, because it's really you, you actually coached at inter's team no mezzi you coached uh the never last was it guys like last week oh uh, i did, didn't like, coach three hours of them yeah yeah I, I mean i've helped out a few people from a, a couple of different teams yeah so that's like i said obviously um, I can't be like a, a coach on the side of like playing professionally and stuff, but like whenever I've got free time, especially in this like player break, whenever I had time and I'm always down to help people and obviously I don't know who needs help though. I'm, I can't actively go out and just ask people. It, just, it would also be a bit weird and me going out and saying, do you need some help and stuff? So it's like if people come to me and ask for help or want, want some advice and it's like, then I'm more than happy to help with it. You know, it's just, I think maybe it just it maybe people either are happy with where they're at or don't feel like they need the help and uh, are just happy with where they are then they don't bother asking or what but i'm not really sure what it is it's just i think numerous people have always said on social media or on various interviews that they're always happy to help and i i, I don't know it's it's only it's it's a very small amount of people that actually come and, and ask for it you know 
Yeah, just to touch on the the topic of laziness, it's it's weird because it feels like people like convince themselves that they don't need to put the extra time and effort in just uh, until they get salaried, and and they're asking for like almost full time or like entry level job salaries yeah. at the very least before they can justify putting that amount of time of, of work in, and to 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 expect that. You're going to have all the right habits built in place, and you're actually going to put all your your best effort forward by the time you get salaried. It's actually just you're you're living in a fantasy if you think you can immediately flip that switch and it's just going to work from the get go. So I agree on that front. And then uh, on on the topic of ego as well, like the this is I think that's one of the struggles that people have when when they try to go and ask for help is that you actually do have to just put your ego aside and say like I'm not good enough i need somebody to help me achieve uh, a, a different level of greatness and a lot of people just aren't maybe that's another time investment thing or that is just strictly they they can't put them themselves aside for that but i i i agree in, in a lot of your fun. yeah i mean there was a the uk csgo article uh that uh, russell some feathers I don't, it must have been a few weeks ago at this point but i replied basically saying that ultimately the biggest uh, drawback to the UK scene is going to be the player development and there is no sort of knowledge transfer in any in any regard like you look at the UK scene historically even when I was coming up through the UK scene there was never never anyone to talk to in terms of like you know playing on a team with someone who has the the expertise or the knowledge about CS in any high level you know but you compare to other scenes there's multiple examples the Danish scene, the German scene, even the Polish scene, like they all had these big figures that have eventually gone on into different positions to help players improve, you know, and that, that was never there. And I think, uh, like Will was saying, like people, like I, I'm happy to help people. Obviously, Will is, I'm sure Ash is. Like everyone is willing to help people, but it's a matter of um, being asked to help as well. All right, so the bring the, the top on that, you just mentioned the development is so bad, like it's bad in the UK. Like what... Like, what stuff would you guys recommend to help fix that issue for, for development? I don't know. Like, I remember I, I replied to the article on Twitter, and it's like, I can say why it's bad, but it's like, in terms of fixing it, I, there's no, like, easy solution, I feel like. There's there's no, like, um, out, outside of, like, asking people for help, you know, you're not going to make, like, a, a website where people can go to and, and find, like, like like not out here does you know like there we he, go. Like, here's a whole youtube channel and like good <laughs> shout out i love it obviously <laughs> obviously you can go on his channel right like, okay, well you know th this team does this and it's like well you can copy you can copy what a team does but if you don't understand it then that's where the, the development side comes in you know you have to really understand what you're doing in cs um but yeah i don't know there's no easy answer obviously it's youtube content but i don't know do people guys do do people from like Twitter or like Pogs from the UK ask you guys like Ash, Mezzi, and Max like what can I do to help? Do you actually get people actually? I, really yeah, I have been asked before, but like recently, not really at all. Um, but again, at the same time, when I have been asked, it's a matter of like trying to balance it with Your playing myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm sure we're all here to help. It's just a matter of if we if we can have the time to do it. I, yeah. I used to. I feel like I used to get messages all the time. Like I would say two or three times a week. I I, I haven't had a message in six months. Suddenly, I, I don't know what suddenly changed or anything like that. But I've had so many 
messages where they'll ask me it's almost like they're asking for shortcuts it feels like and i'll write out a big message but like the the summary of it is basically there's no shortcut you've got you need like a constant dedication and you've got to stay motivated and it's a lot of hard work and then i'll see a twit longer a week or two later this the same guy i talked to has quit and it's like have you thrown it you've just thrown in the towel into it so what, what are you expecting in that time yeah. it's, it's a long process and i just it, it's it's been worryingly consistent how many times i've seen that so uh, it's just i think it kind of points down to a little bit there there is laziness kind of in there as well i think also uh to come back to the thing you said earlier about the whole um perception of the uk scene being arrogant i think also as well that arrogant arrogance isn't like a uk cs straight sort of thing it's just it's in the every other scene has like some very arrogance. arrogant players yeah. and things like this as well you know like it, you're, you're gonna load a matchmaking game any point and there's gonna be anyone from any nation is is typing stuff and thinking of the best or whatever but i think for a player point of view if you are being arrogant you should kind of know if you're like very cocky and things like this try and be you used to be careful about that because i'm sure endpoint of done this sort of thing and probably fanatic as well where you, you look at players someone that you like and you'll go through and you'll find out as much as you can about the personality and if you've got a, a, a couple of guys that are pretty similar and you've got a, a super arrogant guy and a guy who looks like a good teammate if you might take the guy who's a good teammate even if he's at a slightly worse level because that arrogant guy can be kind of hard to work with i think the uk scene there's too much i'm on a stream i'm going to be an idiot or i'm loading i'm putting put my stream on myself and i'm just going to act like a, a dick to everyone all the time and people are just thinking they're being funny and it's probably in the long term hurting them as well so i say people need to definitely think about that way more because we have had instances in our team where i've liked someone and then it, the personality's really put me off and it's kind of killed that chance for them yeah it's definitely true I think one thing that's doing well is um, we do, I feel like there's a bit of a lack of tournaments within the UK scene. And like over COVID, it was really good. We had the Epic Wines, LVN hosted the Cash Cups. Uh, but those kind of all, and the, the Rick's GG stuff was really good and they pulled out. Um, but what's good now is that the UKIC and Endpoint hosting this like Beyond Invitation where we had eight teams all on HLTV. And yet, to be fair, the whole tournament was kind of underwhelming um like i think there was no game that went to a third map and like majority of them were like 16 fives but having that in place for the future i think it's really good because they have they've announced another one for the end of this month and like getting consistent one of those is definitely a step in the right direction um or like bringing back something like the grosnova lands like something of that system uh which i i've heard talks that something similar might be coming into the scene I will also say, I feel like it's it might become harder in the future to keep players in the UK because of the way some of the top orgs are now picking up academy teams. Because you look at someone like Vault, who's gone to Fnatic Rising. Like, If you get that option and you feel like there's a much clearer path up to a top team in the future, it's like that, that seems to be where a lot of teams are now going with CS in the future. So it, it almost feels like you might get to a scenario where maybe you try and prove yourself in the UK and then like an academy team might come asking for you and you have to make that decision. But I feel like with where the UK scene is right now, like like Max and, uh, and Mezzi were saying, I, I don't think there is an excuse where you can say I have the talent, but I'm not getting the opportunities. Because if you play well on one of these UK teams, like let's say you made it to one of the, the top sort of three UK teams who are on HLTV pretty consistently, like people will absolutely look at that and you'll have opportunities and people have proven that that is the case now. So yeah, like you guys were saying, it's like th there is absolutely the path. 
I don't know if there's going to be the path for a team to like necessarily break out together. That's pretty rare to happen. But as like a standout player, there's definitely options. Speaking of the of idea of, an, of a team, like I can name a few guys off of my head: Smolia, Mezzi, Alex, Sur, uh, Max, Surreal. Um, why hasn't there never been a full UK lineup? Like why? The phonetic one was the closest one we got with uh, Alex. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's just circumstance, it's, isn't it? It's yeah, never really I mean, made. It's never really made sense to to do it as yeah. well. Like mm-hmm. the, if if you look at like the guys who've gone like Smuya when he left was, uh, he was like playing unbelievable. It made no sense for him to play over the UK. Mezzi is obviously he's like a, t- a solid tier one player now, and when he went from point it was just a it's just something you've got to do. Everyone wants to compete, right? They want to play at the highest level. They can surreal the same when he went to NA. Uh, Alex and Mantu have never played UK scene anyway, so I don't think you can really say that. Yeah. They were part of it, and then if all these guys are at kind of different levels in the career or in different teams, and it doesn't make sense for them all to come together, and I don't think there's, and maybe I'm wrong here, I don't think there's that relationship between them either. I don't, I don't think from my, well, from my my thoughts would be, I don't think Alex, Mezzi, Smoothie, etc., sit on team speak or play lots of face it together either. I don't think there's any reason for them to do that. So I don't think it's ever really made sense, and it'd also need a UK org with a lot of funding to come in and buy these guys out, put them on a team, and then all the players to be happy. So. I just don't think the timings ever kind of been there. Maybe it would be in the future with Smoothie and Alex being off a team. I, I, I would probably say probably, probably I not. Think, yeah, I definitely agree. I think the the time has never been there. I think at, at all points in our careers, there's, there's always been people on teams, either together or in general, just on different teams. There's, it's never going to make sense for someone to come in and buy out all these UK players and just take them on a team. I think it would be a different story if you know, we were all free agents and there was no team at all, then, you know, you could say, yeah, okay, why wouldn't there be a UK team? But I think, as long as I can remember, there's always been, you know, like Alex on Vitality, like Mezzi on C9, Smuya in like a, in some top team, like Big or Movie Star, you know, so like it's never made, for me, any sense, logistically speaking, for someone to come in and go, okay, we want all these UK players and to bang them on a team. Like, it's never been a thing. I feel like it's unfair to say though, with some like we have seen like top fifty teams with UK base like into the breach, Fanbit, like they've done their fair successes, but there's always just been like they've always reached a certain point. I think that's the problem. Like, they've always hit like kind of that top fifty period and then never been able to progress further. There's only so much you can get out of the UK as like a UK team. Like um, you got the you, there's like a spot for Blast. I'm not even a, like you get a spot in the the fancy expo like West European thing to qualify for the like showdown and then uh through ESL prem you get uh, like the conference spot but apart from that there isn't any, any like apart from that like there's not really like a goal that teams should have to like dominate the uk because the international scene is like so much bigger and stuff like that it's like you got you've mentioned fanbit like how well fanbit were doing as soon as soon as volt um like as soon as uh volt's getting all that attention as soon as they're doing well and then there's always both like from org support wise and also just in terms of what you can play you just it's always by horizons outside of UK teams. I think as well, one thing that maybe people don't think too much about when it comes to like say the t- uh, five UK team, for example, I think like I don't know, I, I can't speak for like Max and stuff, but when Endpoint are looking for players, because it's an English speaking team, there's so many options because Europeans can mostly speak English. So there's so many more options. Whereas like if it was a Swedish speaking team and they didn't want to switch language and had to speak Swedish, you're stuck to, like, one country, whereas, like, English-speaking teams, you've got so many more options that can happen, and I think that might be 
one thing that happens in terms of like a five UK team, but I think I agree as well to terms of just, just the timing and whether it would actually work in the first place. Theoret- theoretically, if you stick five best UK players together, would it even work? That sort of thing. Yeah, you can either get somebody with a lot of experience coming out of Europe that's a free agent, or you can get somebody that's like up and coming that's grinding through like rank S or FPL or or whatever, and more than likely they're going to be able to communicate effectively. Like that's that's the one area that the UK scene has really messed up in because the stock is high in terms of being able to fluently speak English, but there is also just so many people that can do that in all these different countries that yeah, you you just have more issues than you you have less going for you than even some of these uh, European teams. Because if you're as we've even seen with like Esatag or or device, like even if you speak Danish, like Swedish isn't too far away, you know, like you can almost make that transition within a a, a few months, maybe, well, if device is even still around. So yeah, there's it's we've really messed up in terms of not being able to get people into these positions, like either advancing through FPL and actually just uh, making a name for yourself in that regard, or just uh, having a fully based UK team. Because I think one of the issues we encounter as well is that you don't have proper, uh, you don't have UK orgs that are capable of sort of funding a full five UK roster. You're talking about having like a a massive budget to pull all five players together to to some degree. But until we have uh, a UK base, actually get to a, a proper placing in at like a major or maybe a Cologne or a Katowice or something, it's going to be harder to justify that to future organizations because if they see a UK team there and they're UK based, they're going to think, why aren't we involved in this? Why isn't this our team? Whereas if we're never in that spotlight, then there's never that conversation. I think that's as well. It's kind of where where Valorant hurts because I think to to have um these new organizations come in and stuff, you want more than one team kind of up there competing. I think at the time when Valorant killed our team in Vex, we were kind of uh, we were kind of getting found by him point a bit. We were going toe to toe with them a lot, and I think if Vex had that investment to go with us, we'd have had two teams there, and that would have been two teams competing towards the top end of each of towards Premier. Those guys, then we, when we were playing each other in in EPS, whatever, we'd have brought more viewers in then, and then the new guys as well coming through. Instead of looking at five slots on endpoint to get a position, they've suddenly got ten spots on two teams, mm. and the guys on both teams as well, they're filtering like down onto TeamSpeak, right? So you'd, you'd have Link and Cray and people that's sitting on TeamSpeak afterwards playing face with other guys and those guys are then integrating a bit more and there's kind of there's kind of more going on. But I think Valorant, with killing that team, set us back a bit because then Endpoint as well, they've got, who do Endpoint get if they swap anyone out? Like, I, I'm pretty confident that Endpoint want to go UK and if when they make a change, if they have a UK guy who's sim- like even like a bit worse than a EU guy, they'd probably go for the UK guy, but there's... There's like nobody there anymore. I think Valorant dying kind of, uh, Valorant coming in, ki- kind of killing that sort of thing, really kicked us back quite a long way. And I think we kind of need that second team, and maybe into the reach can be well. I guess the main one now, maybe into the reach and Fanbit can be that kind of that kind of team that come back in and do that. And then maybe the the organisations come through from the background and look and see, yeah, we've got potential here, you know. Uh, speaking it, of, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It feels very similar again to basically what happened in, in CSS as well. Like obviously with CGS, where it was like, oh, cool, there's money here. Like it's starting to actually get, you know, some funding behind it. We have a bit of a path where you can see there is a way to like be a pro. They're on TV. This is something I can do. And then of course, everyone got an email that just said CGS is gone, unlucky. It doesn't exist anymore. And everyone was out of jobs. And like the UK esports scene as a market crashed for years and no one wanted to touch it to gain 
ages to get it back up. Counter-Strike obviously lost all of the world-renowned pros we did have in the UK scene that had a big legacy, had a following. All of them couldn't pay for, you know, their rent, didn't have money for ends meet. So, of course, you have to move on. You've got to get real jobs. So we basically lost half the scene there. The ones that did stuck around then got filtered again because CSGO was dog shit on launch. You know, it was absolutely awful. No one wanted to play it. So that player pool got smaller and smaller. Whereas now, finally, before Valorant, it looked like we had sort of expanded it again. People were getting salaries, which, of course, was the topic Every time you go to land for like the five years, but five years ago, all it was is one day we'll have the salaries, we'll be able to be, you know, competitive teams, we'll be able to make it work, we'll actually have funded, we'll have orgs. Now that's all there. But again, like you're saying, Ash, the scene's kind of lost a big shed of players and also lost a lot of those people that were quite good at passing on information, right? Like obviously way back in the day, people like Critical that would actually put the extra time in and helped a lot of other players in early CSGO and kind of moved on the UK scene. She is well to extend in a different way of teaching people. But I feel like now you've, you've lost. <laughs> they beat fear the teaching here. into you. <laughs> but it's like now you've, You've lost so many of those older people that can pass on sort of the knowledge or bring up a lot of talent. You've got people that are coming in that instead of going, oh, sick, look at the top team in CS. I want to be like that. They're going, oh, sick, look at Boaster. I want to go play Valorant. You see what I mean? It's it, like there has been so many series of unfortunate events. UKCS is kind of like the Limini Stick It books, but just a bit worse in the overall storyline. Just Gumpster at the end. He's the one trying to steal the fortune. <laughs> I think I think actually historically in, in UKCS it's been quite unfortunate. Obviously you had CGS, the rise and fall, and I think even you skipped over it, Jackie, but I think G Fin had the same effect. Yeah, Everyone, true, it did actually. That was obviously G Finity came in and like got, they had this all big presentation about how it's gonna be so sick for UKCS and obviously a lot of players was their first time getting salaried and then after a year or two it, it was gone. And then all of a sudden we know back down into this sort of pit of despair where a lot of people quit and then you know play, like people didn't have salaries and they had to quit um it took like another year or two to recover and then obviously valorant came out and then like ash was saying like vex were like pretty on par with endpoint at the time and they were like you know they were competing and then that the whole team was gone essentially and then everyone sort of went their own ways so yeah i think it's a quite unfortunate sort of the history of ukcs as well so we're, you guys just brought up the next topic i want to hit on it's valorant you guys answered it pretty much valorant kind of killed the ukcs and like the tier it killed the scene a little we all agree on that right uh, I, I don't think it killed I it. Say, yeah, not no, killed i, I mean i'll yeah. say like yeah. it damaged it it damaged it I'll, I'll tell you yeah I think, I think yeah there was like yeah. a whole changing of the guards in yeah. terms of not not mm. towards the top but like tier two like tier two talking, like yeah. aca advanced level and higher than that so many of those players like uh, compared to now compared to when it was like two three years ago i think like there's minimal players that are still around that were from around that time at that sort of level that are still here now most a lot of them went to Valorant and most of them that are here that are that level now are all are all different players that have come up over time which is a good thing as well but like you 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 sit and think if Valorant didn't happen like how many teams we'd have yeah it could have gone stuff like that yeah that's the question I was going to bring up if let's say Valorant didn't happen COVID also had an effect if COVID and Valorant didn't happen in 2020 and say 2023 right now where would the scene be looking at well the it's one cold. thing that i actually remember my entire time in ukcs even to a degree now is that a lot of players always said they never got a chance 
either like just generally speaking, whether that meant endpoint or on vexed or whatever it was. But the the Valorant sort of purge that happened actually gave a lot of players some room to sort of make a name for themselves. So I don't think it necessarily killed it off, but I do think that if Valorant hadn't have happened, then obviously there's no doubt that UKCS would be in a better place, you know, because I think a lot of talented players did leave to swap over and they're at the top of the Valorant now. So, and I think, like Ash was saying earlier, like, you know, Vex down Endpoint were going toe to toe with each other the entire time. Whereas when that happened, that it's where you've seen, especially in the ESL Prem, it's been completely dominated by us. So, like, I do think that it would have been a much better situation if Valorant hadn't have happened. I mean, you think, though, one thing with Valorant is that it kind of broke, like, there was almost like a treehouse in the scene, and it did kind of break that down a little bit, though. So, like, for the longevity, maybe a little bit positive in that regard? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, if you look at it for what it is, right, you, you can sit there and go, like, all doom and gloom about it and be like, oh, man, like, the scene could have been so sick, you know, if COVID didn't happen, if Valorant never came out. But you can't sit there with those copes forever. Like, it's like if you were just going, God, if they never released the Orange Box update, like, fuck me, Source would have been so good forever. It just didn't happen, did it? We all got wrecked. You've got to move on. And I think, in reality, the one good aspect that you take away from it is, is like Max was saying, the players that are more keen to grind to get into the game and still putting the time it's still doing demos still doing everything they're now going to get spotted everyone else that wants to move on and hyper focus on valorant fantastic you're going to make your money the organizations that move over are going to make more money if they do well which means there's more investment for uk esports as a whole you can look at it on both hands you know i mean it's like oh shit there's less money in uk esports for cs but there is more money in uk esports overall in a game that's doing well globally that only then boosts the organizations up so that eventually you get more money and you look at sort of how many teams we actually have in UKCS at the minute that are getting paid anything. It's better than it ever has been, really. Like, that's the one thing to look at. No one ever used to get paid, especially not, like, competitive salaries. Over the years, that's only gotten better. That's the one thing that's never really gotten worse. It's actually just funny because, like, when people went over to Valorant, like, after seeing early successes of what then became Liquid, like, I know for a fact that people were looking at that and thinking, oh, well, they were not that good in, like, when when people were on the come up, they looked at people like uh, that fierce roster and just thought, thought there were certain pieces that oh I'm better than that guy I I deserve that spot over him and then they go over and they're successful in Valorant and people think like oh well I can be successful in Valorant too because I was going to beat them in CS anyway I could I should just go and make my money there as well but yeah it's it's that duality of either you you succeed in the game that you actually wanted to in the first place when there's space like you're you're sort of mentioning. Or you, you go in pursuit of something that you, you're maybe a little bit too late to the train on, which is just kind of depressing because even some of those guys have, have kind of come crawling back to CS because it's gotten well, uh, way more competitive in, in that game. Like, you have to be in there ground zero. I mean, on the topic of salaries in the UK, I feel like it's an interesting point of a couple of months ago, it felt like a lot of teams were salaried. And now, like, we look at some of the best teams, like, I'd say, like, excusing maybe, like, endpoint and insta breach like looking at teams below that you kind of have a big lack of money coming in and like oh we've got apart from those two teams our best team is under an org but not salaried and actually sets quite i'd say a bad precedence to other orgs going like oh if they're not salaried well i don't have to salary my team and with tlr leaving as well like they've left the scene. I know that was quite like what they did wasn't too great and they left with like quite a bad shroud over them but like that was an, like those type of orgs uh, which did have like we're putting money in scene have gone now 
and like there's no one really replacing them apart from like into the breach to a degree with that as well though there's a part to be played on the side of the player because you have to remember as well much like obviously as a commentator or like for max or mezzi or anyone or you know for ash like it's all about your own brand the reason why people are like i want you as a coach i want you as a caster i want you as a player is because you show off what you can do and you show off sort of how you fit into that side of things and as a player you can still reach out to organizations and pitch all these things you can do this stuff in the back end you know what i mean like it's not all about being sick at counter-strike there's so much more that goes into being a pro player on the back end of things it's the same sort of affair with like um snods who used to be a, a caster i used to work with he's been getting back into you know pro uh, professionally competing and a lot of the stuff he's been doing on that side as well is talking to organizations himself pitching the ideas of you know having that aspect to come in support a team getting sponsors and being able to do that aspect and if you can pitch that and someone bites on it that's instantly a leg up you've got. You're bringing them in. You're being able to do that. And sort of, you know, at that point, you're their first pick. So if things go well, you've got good ties with the organization. A lot of it's just being proactive. You know, you can do anything. Just think a little bit more about it. DM the people that you want to speak to. Email someone. Just talk about it because you never know. There's going to be someone sat there that's got the extra two grand to throw towards a player each month from a sponsor. You just need to make that interest. Yeah, I think this is going to sort of link with the I remember it's always been like a, a lifeline subject in the UK is where it's it's like we need to get a salary before we get results as well. I mm. feel like that's always yeah. been a very um like I used to think like that as well when I first started, but the the more I've played, the more I realized it's actually like there's, there's no if you aren't given any exposure to the organization and you know why are they going to pay you? Like if you're never on HLTV and you're never in any of these tournaments then why are they going to pay you a salary that's going to be competitive with anyone around your level? You know, it's just not going to happen. So I feel like that's also a big part as well, which is why I was saying earlier that um, people don't really see these many many UK teams competing on HLTV. And if it is, it's very inconsistently and very occasionally, you know, because even I, even I don't see, the, see it on HLTV yeah. at all. I think my opinion of the org support stuff is like it goes both ways i think i saw people right in the chat you've got to be um marketable in terms of like not a lot of places it's one thing that um came out of the endpoint academy stuff that they tried to promote in terms of building a brand for yourself in terms of doing content always being active on social media because you have to be attractive for like because it's part of like a a package right mm -hmm. not only, you're not only there for your like playing skills also if you've big social media following that sort of stuff that comes with it but i i think in the scene right now if there was a team like as had that had the same following individually uh the same like skill and same results as like a team like into the breach i think uk org wise i think they might find it hard to get the support they need i think i don't think there's as many orgs as there used to be uh like a few years ago pre-valorant that were like offering like uh, bigger support i don't think there's many teams that were before before covid compared to now that are deserving of that support of like have the results to show that but it's sort of like a weird thing where i don't i don't know that don't know it fully but i don't i in my opinion uk wise i think a, a team if they if they were all listening at the same level or a bit lower than into the breach the results wise i think they'd find it hard to get that sort of support from a uk org in my opinion I want to hear Hawkeye's little uh, info input on this as well, if you have any. Yeah, I, I I think I just generally agree. It's 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 almost a scenario now where I'm sitting here and we're we're talking about teams, and I'm always sitting here thinking like, 
I would almost be thinking of it more as like a player at this point. And because you, you guys were saying earlier that if anything, UK players almost have a slight leg up in that if your endpoint, you want to keep the UK core, right? You want to keep competing in Prem because you guys made it to Pro League basically because you won Prem and then you got Conference and then you got Pro League. So you, you have to be looking at it in, in that as more of a positive, in my opinion. You have to be thinking, okay, listen, maybe Endpoint won't make roster moves right now, but at some point they probably will. And they are going to be looking more at UK players. So I would almost think of it more in that sense. And yeah, like I actually would be interested in hearing from you guys. Is there like anyone who you would say right now that, that you would look at and say, this player even is someone that we would actually consider for the team? Mm. Gotta be Cipher. It's gotta be one runner. Yeah, sure. I I just oh. like like in in terms of any like really new names. Like I I personally don't think I have any. In terms Zulu. of new names, no. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, they need to develop as well, don't they, you guys? I, I think what I like Very to true. see at the moment is I think Cipher's come a long way in, in the last year. I think um, I think Jamie G was as well, but he's, he's, I think he's got his own reasons why he's not. Playing anymore, and I think there's some other guys. Well, like like Wolfie, for example, seems far better than he was about yeah. a year ago, and it's a, a extinct from um, uh, uh, Echo. Sorry, I think he again is another guy. You you, you watch him, you can see like a a good player there. I think there are players that are definitely progressing, like for sure. I think yeah. on we were talking about it with brands. Like we go to these lands, and I never see a single player doing content, and or like a single organization doing content. Uh, I know like TLR reached out about doing it at one stage and then just like nothing worked with what they were doing. Um, and like no player streams, like if someone, like that, you see a few times like Shuby putting a stream on for PL or like we've seen it, I've seen like a few times in the past few weeks, like people streaming PL here and there, but it's like one stream every month. And it's like just getting that consistency and like also like we were talking about being proactive and going to orgs. And if you can go to an org and be like, oh, look, like we bring these engagements as well. Like we're not just a player. Like we bring more than just playing the game. I feel like that would be quite, that that would actually be a big game changer in the UK scene. But that's literally all it is. Like it's really not that hard to a degree. You've just got to think of how to market yourself differently. Because if the market's too oversaturated where you want to be a pro CS player in the UK, but no one is going to give you a salary and all you're doing is deathmatching every day and playing aimbots and going, well, this is fucked, man. Like no one's giving me any money. Do something else alongside that. Work it into your schedule. So when you wake up, add that extra 15 minutes since the morning of sending emails and just going, look, here's what we can offer. Do literally anything you can think of. Even if you think it's not going to make any bit of a difference it might you know that's the easiest step is just do something extra each day and there probably will be more of a kickback to it but all of that does go back to what mezzi was saying ages ago it's just about having that actual drive to do it and then never give up in the middle when you don't get any of the instant sort of gratification it might take years it might take months it really does just depend sort of the luck of the game you know esports is kind of quite roundabout like that it's one of those yeah. things though where like it's actually hard to install in newer players because if you look at who's successful and even the, the tier one scene like how much content are any of these guys pumping out on their own merit like pretty much next to none and it, it's almost all sponsor it'll be almost all team or sponsor obligations that they're they're really pitching for like if you're an, an individual player like why are you working harder than the pros to to do it that that actually should be the mentality that you have you should be working yeah. harder than the pros until you make it but it, it's it's just one of those things that can be hard to justify early on because if, you're, if your role models aren't doing it, then, you know, you don't have anybody to learn from it.
Hey, I want to hit on Messi. Do you have any more input on this as well? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much like I said before. It's all about the the mindset as well. It's like I don't think any of us saw, even at least for me, when I started playing CS, or even throughout when I was playing, even in the like getting into Vex and playing with Vex stuff. It was never like my first my first thought was never like man why am I not getting paid or how much am I going to get paid and all about salary and stuff it's like I think if you're in that mindset instantly it's or you're already like uh it's, it's never going to go well you know it's like no one starts this game or plays the game to get paid obviously as you get a bit older or as you get a bit further on you have other responsibilities obviously you need money to pay for bills and so on and whatever it may be and obviously you need that and make them at a time where you might have to leave cs for it but i think at least at the start when you're trying to make it um like like for me i think when when i finished uni i was uh, it came at a good time getting into game legion but i was always going to take a year out no matter what happened to at least try and make it and the, my first thought wasn't like oh i need to get paid or why i'm not getting paid and kind of moaning about you know and i think kind of touching on what alvian said as well it's like uh, i don't know if it's like uh Maybe I'm not focused as much on it, but I think if if a team isn't performing, say, like you said, a, a lower level than into the breach, is like, it, it, do you still think they should be paid if they're playing at a lower level than that? You know, it's like obviously the support needs to be there, but it's like, and and obviously everyone wants the org org support to be there, and it's it's a it's a bad thing. It's not great that there isn't plenty of organisations there in the UK to give it, but it's like. If you're not at a certain level, then of course you're not going to be able to get paid to play the game. And I think it's obviously a harsh reality, but it's the kind of the way, the kind of way it is, you know. And everyone has to grind to a certain level to to be able to be paid to play the game and get um and whatever, however it it may be and like whatever it may be. But it's just I think if you're at a certain level, of course you're not going to get paid to play the game. It's you have to grind to get to a certain level to to be at that, you know. And I think. Obviously, the support comes in many ways, and I think when we when I was playing in the UK, and obviously it was like maybe getting some land support and and little things like that. It's obviously great, but I think in terms of salary, to I think it, maybe people downplay it quite a lot in the UK and just expect to be paid, you know. And it's just like I think it's a pretty big thing to be paid to play the game, and it's obviously a big privilege to have it and a great benefit. But like I said, I think you have to be at a certain level to to for that to be a possibility and i think if you're not at that level then obviously you can't be paid to play and it's i think obviously it might be harsh but it's like i think a lot of people need to realize that it's put you have to change your mindset and the first thing you think and you should be thinking is like getting better and putting in the grind not how much how much can i be paid and kind of focused on that yeah i think like jackie was saying earlier it's like you either have to be in a position where you can come to an org and say hey look we're on hltv we're doing yeah. well or you have to have something else, right? And, and it can be, and it can literally be like you come to the org and you're like, "Hey, we're actually working really hard. Here's our proof that we're working hard." Like even that's going to give you more of a chance of a, of having a leg up because you're going to have to come to the org and say, "What can you provide over whatever random other people that might be in the same position that they're looking at?" Uh since we're hitting, uh, wait sorry. one sec. Since we're all hitting on orgs and and all this stuff, I want to bring up a topic. Of the hidden on with the organizations and tournament organizers i want to first start off is um is the face of gucci gaming helping the uk scene at the moment well like not at all no like, there's literally nothing I've to do with the uk scene nothing about this nothing yeah i'm just like, that, that whole project is so weird like i don't know anyone that actually knows what's going on with it yeah it's pretty useless i think in my opinion for right now it is i think it's in development still but i want to hit on the orgs and the tos um like 
for this, uh, I was mentioned. I did some reading on the articles for the tournament organizers. Uh, like they have the e- like the biggest tournament is ESL Premiership, which happens like twice a year, correct? Yeah. And yeah, up a little it, bit more. It, 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 it used to be three, right? And it went down to two. Yeah, yeah. they uh, they cut it a couple of years back by by one or two. But it, yeah, Prem's been there for years. Has the quality gone down over the last couple of years of uh, the tournament? Uh, it dipped, but that was because of Valorant. But I think ever like just the way the UK is, it, I think it's sort of like the, the skill level quality has definitely improved. Yeah. Um, and the free... it's always like a reliable TO. Free. In terms of like the, the tournament operations or like the broadcast, it's been downsized. Like ESL UK's mm. head office got scrapped and they've now basically outsourced to what is basically the old ESL UK people to do like online broadcasts instead. Like it's uh, not land, hopefully. right? It's not land um, anymore. Right? No, it's not at all, no. Yeah. It used uh, to be. No no idea whether lands are coming back. Yeah. No one no one knows. Not even like if you ask, they they don't know. It's like yeah, I, I feel That's like also... a lot of that stuff that you're not going to bring lands back for as long as you can or ever if you can get away with it. Because the most yeah. you can do, you know, if you can scrap having a studio, scrap having to have people doing production physically there, if you get rid of the land as well, you're saving yourself so much money. And at the end of the day, it's one of the most important bits from like a TO standpoint, rather than obviously how much it actually affects anyone yeah. else. It's also yeah. one of those I... things where like we ran land finals and they would have seats available and like the seats would very frequently not be filled. So uh yeah. like people aren't supporting or going out to, to watch these games in person they're just probably watching yeah. on twitch i feel like the problem with that is as well though is like i so i did every season of the uk prem from season two in 2015 up until like i whatever like three years ago i think the last time i did a prem show was but in that space of like five years i did every season every week was always a um and me sto select other people would sit down after every show after you know every couple of months and we would send documents to basically explain like this could change this could change we could improve on this and we go through all these sort of like manifesto level sort of documents of just like this is what we could do to massively improve the viewership change some of the marketing elements and it was just things that would never really happen because you know everyone's kind of ideas in the company and sort of that pyramid is they want different results from it and what you're trying to get that could be the best thing for the uk scene necessarily doesn't line up with what they want which would be like budget sort of easy in terms of the production and just even stuff like the actual venues like the fact that there was the manchester finals where you were playing from uh, a cold hall that had like jagged bits of metal sticking up and in the room next door was like a market car boot sale and then slightly down the hall was a brawl knuckle boxing match it was just like what the That's you know great. what i mean like I'm here to cast CS. You're just walking around, like watching Conor McGregor come out of his dressing room. It's just like, hello, you are right, mate? <laughs> Wasn't, of course. It was just some smack rat. Oh. I think also, <laughs> what, what, uh, like we're talking about organizations. If you look at all the other regions, you have like these really cool, like Power League in Denmark. It, uh, and like all the, it, all like the other ESL regions seem to have like lands. I know the German one was like an absolute shit show this year. So kind of discarding that one. But like even the Benelux have a land for theirs, and we don't have anything like that. And so that would bring so many eyes. Like you were saying, okay, fair enough. In seats, it doesn't tell anything. But like online, that brings a lot more eyes to the scene and creates a lot more hype and competition. Um, and like without that, why would orgs go like, okay, we must get a UK team? Okay, what does a UK team actually offer? Or like you have ESL Premiership that is like it's all right, but it 
happens for four weeks and they can only be playing for like two of it. It also just means like up and coming teams actually have like more chances at land Incentive. Yeah. Uh, like you don't want to have a, a breakout new UK team go into I don't know maybe a, a blast qual and then it's suddenly they're on land and they just shit the bed. Like the, getting used to that environment is is totally like it's 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 high value asset to have for any upcoming player. Um, especially after like how long COVID's gone on as well, because you then factor in not only do you have some people that haven't been to land, you have some people that will be so sort of socially overwhelmed by that environment. The second they're dropped on a stage, the second they've got to get the flight to the event, there's a lot more sort of I, I suppose like extra spice sprinkled on top of it all now that makes it so lucrative to have lands regularly in the ecosystem. But it's just not there. And I don't think it will be because obviously budgets now. Plus, yeah. there was a lot of ideas for it years ago. There was a lot of talks. Where I remember we even discussed it and we're kind of trying to figure out like if you had Epic Land be a qualifier that leads into the Prem, that leads into X, that leads into X, and you have that grassroots sort of really clear laid out sort of point system in the UK. But then again, it always came back to would the players give a fuck? Would they actually invest in it properly? And would there be any return on investment to all these companies putting that extra time in? And most of the time, I think the companies realized probably not. I will say, I think it, it could happen with Prem. I think right now they, they're having the whole like merger thing with Face It. And I think it's taking them a bit of time to figure out how they merge those two together. So I think they are looking to put more emphasis into these regional leagues. I just assume if they were going to make those decisions, I think they've they've had a lot of troubles like figuring out where the face it people are going to come into ESL, who's going to take care of what. So from what I've heard, maybe that happens in the future. I don't really have any info, but I'm I'm hoping because it feels like something that should come back. Any new TA wanting to like come into the UK scene just can't compete because even though like ESL like we've been talking about they've had budget cuts I think like the prize pools over the like past two years has decreased they've also Prem's also increased the teams from like 8 to 12 so some people say it's like less prestigious because there's more teams in it now and like you'd say the quality is a bit like more sparse but the other thing is like even though even all that the the like prize pool of ESL is nowhere near any other UK tournament so like we talk about like other leagues or like other things that could come up but like for teams to play it and for like for like teams like also ESL Prem offers offers the uh conference spot it's just it's hard for a TO to come in and compete with like the budget that ESL has and to be able to organize stuff I do believe like I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say but during like the COVID I think it was 2021 maybe there was was a whole sort of circuit uh, put out with terms of like point systems, mini tournaments monthly. But like those, I he um, if you know who Mario is, he came up with that sort of stuff, and he went to different tos with the idea. But people said like people didn't believe it, and said it didn't work, so it just never sort of happened. So there's uh, stuff that happens, but like anything that wants to any sort of tier that wants to come out and try something for the UK, like we've uh, Endpoint have done it. But Endpoint have like. They have like stability in terms of that sort of stuff. I like I don't know how much of it is self-funded, how much is sponsors, but they have the sponsors anyway. But they can offer these like beyond cups and stuff because they they have the they can have some sort of budget to be able to offer this stuff. But for any other sort of new TO or someone wanting to do this sort of stuff, just can't can't compete with the other budgets really. Speaking outside uh, the the Premiership, is there any other uh, ter like uh, UK specific tournaments? There's two lands. Uh, not Ep really, as far as I'm aware, there's any tournaments. I guess, sorry, is um, it Epic Land and Insomnia, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we, how... we did used to have more as well. We used to have UK Masters, which was like a spin-off of the iSeries like events that basically you you do an online season similar to the Prem that would lead into that with a separate final at the LAN. Whilst yeah. you also played in the land, which you did a couple of times, didn't you, Max? I think. Oh, of course, man. Yeah, you were there, mate. And then one time they changed their logo, and it looked like it was made out of gel pens. And then they <laughs> never did another event again. So, that's how it went downhill. Yeah, gel pens. Fuck them. <laughs> Ruined UKCS. Yeah. One man. thing that happened with like the UK Masters Night series, like I, pre- I wasn't around at the time, but people talk about Guardian turning up to the the NEC. And because of the prize pool and stuff they offered, but like any Epic Land or Insomnia, the prize pool that they can offer now just because of sponsors or budget, there's just there's no incentive for any EU teams to come over, as well as higher tier UK teams to even go to these lands because of the cost, like for an org to send a team there. Well, the, and yeah, there was actually one, the one and done I series, which is uh, they actually decided. One year to do a, I think it was either thirty thousand oh. or fifty thousand. Oh yeah, they had like this. Um, uh, but they, I don't know they, why, they... but it was just ultimately a one-off event where they went, yeah, fuck it, we'll put fifty k <laughs> on the prize pool. Yeah. I mean, everyone thought, oh, you know, obviously this is really good for UKCS and in general to invite these uh, bigger teams to come over, right? So you can play against better teams of these lands. And then it was like, oh yeah, this is going to be the new thing for Insomnia. And then it was like, okay, next next event was even. I think it was even less. The normal or back to normal? I was like, okay, well, that was that. I swear that was a part, it like part and parcel with their like Dubai event or something. They ran like some other like similarly highly yeah. uh, prize pool event. Basically, that was run by iSeries. That was meant to be a part of some like grand circuit thing, but I don't even know if that other event plays. Do you remember that oh. land that was yeah. meant to happen at Lemington Spa? UK gaming tours. That's UK, the one. Yeah. UK gaming tours. Fucking oh, but we, we pulled out of UK Masters to play it. I yeah, have, I it just never happened, didn't it? Just didn't <laughs> yeah, never exist. happened. Yeah, it was a classic. Happen. That was actually that was a uh, org for a pound moment, wasn't it? That was a big Z was... and <laughs> uh, was I don't know if it was that one or if it was the Vince one. I, I don't know if he was involved, but maybe that, that was I classic. Do, I do remember there was also the One Eye series where one time they decided to do online qualifiers for the land that would give you better seeding as well. And um, yeah, what was it? The team that got through. The, I think wasn't it like Fets and HS and stuff managed to go yeah. through. Like, yeah, didn't the they get accused of cheating that event? That was when well, HS they... had like HLTV open on yeah, his. Yeah, they like, did have a little cheat. Like, yeah. But that, <laughs> so I was talking. Cheat. I was talking to Fates about that, and he he, he claims that fit, uh, that HS was just being a moron and had HLTV on his like alt tab. But I was like, that seems very very convenient. There was a Russian team that did the same thing at the oh, yeah. 50k one. Yeah, I remember stage. that. Yeah. My personal favorite is when uh, Rocket got knocked out in (laughs) groups by Ufrag and then went over to John Kelly at the admin desk and went, what do we do now? And John Kelly just went, well, you can play in the Inters if you want. And they just walked out of the LAN hall. (laughs) The real real (laughs) shame is how iSeries used to be compared to what it was a few months ago and how it is now. It's quite... um, Yeah, to be fair, I haven't experienced it. For, yeah, for quite it's... some time, but there was a, a recent i series that I remember. I opened Twitter and it was, it was just all <laughs> over Twitter, and I was like, "What on earth is happening?" Yeah, great servers and everything. But I was gonna go up to the day and just didn't. 
I, was... I heard a lot of what happened with that as well. It's also the other thing that completely fucks UK esports in a big way is just Brexit as a whole. It just made it infinitely harder for companies, individuals, people to work as commentators, people to do anything as players when it comes to actually getting visas to go anywhere globally. All of that shit just got completely owned by Brexit. And that whole iSeries was just, you know, cock-blocked by Brexit. Because the reason that happened with the servers as well is apparently they were ordered and all paid for and were supposed to be shipped. But because England was now outside of Europe through this company, they sent them with like super delayed shipping rather than the two-day shipping that was supposed to be done so all the servers would be set up in time for the LAN. And it was like one of those small errors where basically Brexit just wrecked everything by the time they realized there's no servers for the event at all. The admins were also like incredibly shit as well, no? I mean, it probably. Was, it was, it's an iSeries. It was, it was like people before iSeries happened, there'd been two Epic Clans and Epic Clan is like... Epic Land is smaller, and also like half of the event is the CS event. Uh, sorry, it's the esports um, side of it and the BYC stuff side of it. So there's a lot more focus, a lot more attention, a lot more care to that sort of stuff, which people like. But when they turn up to iSeries and literally no one cares about a CS tournament, you've got World of Warcraft players telling you to shut up because you're being too loud and threatening you, that sort of <laughs> stuff. It's just a whole different environment, and that plus all the um, just all like in general how ice even though how badly the ice series event went and how much it costs to go the ice series like management just didn't care really like it what the feedback wasn't given after the event in the best way possible but some people did like try to give feedback but even then it wasn't it, like it what like there wasn't even an apology for the how the event went and how it was run really it was it was pretty bad to be honest in, in, in fairness other games yelling at cs players isn't just unique to to insomnia that's happened at an epic level before. <laughs> i think it was like 26th there were just starcraft players playing next to the cs guys yeah. and they're just screaming at each other and yeah. these guys are like please shut up like you're too loud there was the uh, the StarCraft stream this land was right behind like Emp's kids and I was thinking I was like I just felt so bad for them because every <laughs> two seconds you had Rory just screaming and you could see the sh you could see like the official StarCraft stream just like stop look up and just go ah them and just look back down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to bring up one more topic before we close off the the UK section because you guys pretty much knocked it out of the park. You answered everything for me even answering the question. So, grats to you guys. Um, but there's one article on uh, UKCSGO.com. I don't want to rat him out, you know, single him out, but Eternal J shared his thoughts. And was, oh, I bet you are going. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but I will do it anyway. Yeah, he's not going to be nice. You forced my Eternal J. You forced my J. Whoever this guy is. Yeah, he heavily criticized the UK scene heavily. Uh, his quote said, like, we're back being a joke at the internal scene. Um, from my perspective, I th I think you guys are on the upward trajectory. Like, does he have any like backing to this? What do you guys think of this? Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think it great. is. Oh, do you want to go back? Yeah, I I I did see first of all before reading it, there was a lot of negative responses to it. Yeah. So I thought I thought I had to read it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, after reading it, I think he had quite a few valid points. Maybe it's a little over the top that it's a joke. But it's definitely like you're saying on an upwards trajectory. I think, I think just... you guys are. That's that's my from 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 an NH perspective, looking at e, uh, UK, you guys are in a very upward trajectory. Yeah, it's just yeah. the one thing that that I find it hard to do is to keep track of the UK scene because I like it for me. Like I always compete in these 
like European tournaments, but I don't see these other UK teams in there. So for me, it's always hard to judge like specifically on on what you know what these UK teams are doing. So, but I did read the the article in full, and I did think he had some valid points. I just think that um, you know, like I think there was a part where he was saying that people are being lazy or something, and I think ultimately if you aren't going to improve then that has to be a part of it right but this is the article that i replied to that i was saying earlier where like it all comes down to player development and i think that's the toughest part of improving it's just knowing how to improve i I think sorry i think just his take in general was uh, i think what most people realized was maybe just a little outdated like i think if it if this article had come out maybe 18 months ago or like pre-COVID that might have been yeah. true but to, to have seen how many teams came out of uh, not only COVID and Valorant and to, to see how many teams we even have in like Maine comparative to like six, f- five or six seasons ago is so much more than it, than it was before and it just doesn't seem in line with I think where he pictures the scene uh, it just it, it in some respects it felt a little out of touch uh, his comments, but I think he had a, a, a he has a real basis for those claims. It's not as if those have just appeared out of thin air. Those are real takes. That I think most people would stand behind very strongly. Just like a couple of years ago, I think he was. I honestly think that the the main problem with it is that the title of the article was not yeah, favorable for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why the, the free the. The way he phrased some of his answers is pretty poor as well. But I think in general, most of the points were like kind of bang on. Like the, the, if you go for like the the title of the article was it was bad. Uh, where where <laughs> UK seems a joke, something internationally, right? But if you look at the the teams, if you don't class them point as UK, which I guess they're not now, the highest ranked team in the UK has got just added two Swedes, which isn't in the breach. You were 80th or something like that. So not fair enough. I don't think that's you can say anything much about that. Um, I think the EPS thing was bang on i think there's been some a lot of controversy there that i think just hasn't come out i don't really know why but the whole i know it's that's not me having to go anyone but the whole endpoint using three uk players to play it of which one of them was thomas who was fill it was, was <laughs> filling in for it at the breach plays against them and then plays again with them afterwards and then they go through to the conference league and they become a, they take the UK sport and then become an EU team again by just instantly putting the player back in. I think they've if Into the Breach had like a an actual committed five man lineup there and they weren't a mix themselves, I think there would have been like a real potential shitstorm there because you, 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 at the end of the day, if, if you're creating a conference slot from the UK scene, which I don't agree with particularly anyway, compared to some of the other nations that aren't getting one, but if you're going to do that and then basically give it to an EU team, there's something. That that's, that doesn't sit right with me. And then also, um, the whole thing as well, which I, I don't, I, I couldn't believe I was reading it, but it's kind of like almost in line with people complaining about salaries. Was everyone complaining about his comment about people going to lands to drink? I don't think I've ever in my entire <laughs> career fucking playing ever seen gone to a land and people not bragging about how drunk they're going to get at the <laughs> event and then going out. And for most people, it's it's supposed to the reason they go. They're talking about, oh yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to get drunk every night. I'm going to go out, and then they're there. And at the, what happens is the second the game's finished for the day, everyone goes to the bar and gets drunk. And the casters of like Jay are going to be seeing that. They're going to see the guys there. So I don't know how you can take offense to that. Obviously, for the people that are working hard and aren't drinking, that's not aimed at them. And I think, again, phrased it, it was poor because he did say everyone. And I think that kind of triggered a lot of people. But I think in general, it was 
it was kind of right and it's always been like that it's not like it's a, a new thing it's, it's always been like I, i've been to events where i've had like Imi's team and stuff and seeded number one going oh yeah but you're going out tonight we're going to nightclub and stuff like this just every single event you're like are you just saying that are you actually going to go and then you know and you see him later having drinks and stuff so it's I don't really know how you can disagree with that. And for people to pick on that one, I thought was just kind of mental. Because that is part of the Epicon. Like when, when does ever teams ever attended Epicon? It's just like Fanbit will go as the only team. All the people going to there beat them are going there to get drunk and have a fun time. And it's like a graveyard for teams is Epicon. Yeah, you don't go to Epicon as a team. It's just, that's the history of that land, you know? So yeah, I think he got kind of screwed over a little bit by the, the way it was, some of that stuff was phrased and the, the title. But yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing if it wasn't just if it didn't just say back to a joke that's the problem with it because it's <laughs> yeah. like it feels like we're on like if anything compared to a year ago ukcs is probably a bit better than where it was and it's like back to a joke i'd like it's not really changed that much is the problem right i think one yeah, thing yeah, I that think like yeah, okay. I, I i agree with what ash was saying and i saw this firsthand at last land of like firstly in the top four teams you have three players who literally don't play the game at the stage where like they have like two hours past two weeks and i thought that was just quite like you know these are supposed to be the best teams in the uk and like some of these players literally don't play the game and then on the like i think it was the upper bracket final or one of the like upper bracket games the team turned up like 10 minutes before the game started and it's like look like it's a hltv game and they're like just showing up like 10 minutes before it starts like how can you then go back on twitter and be like oh no we are serious like it takes longer than 10 minutes to get like sit down warm up like uh and then on the like before the consolidation final three players went to bed at like 5 a.m yeah. it's like that okay way. yeah it's like the game starts at 9 a.m it's like how can then you then go back on twitter and be like oh no like dispute what someone's saying it's also that's nothing new. like that and like you drinking or whatever at land isn't really anything that should have any effect uh, on any of it really i mean it, it happens in every scene like you go to copenhagen games everyone is smashed out of their face you know what i mean like everyone's steaming snods is knocking over all the female players <laughs> drinks it, it happens um and that's just normal like i think also the weird bit about it is as well if you go to an epic land the vibe's very different like ash was saying if you go there as a team and you lose, you will fold and everyone will hate each other. If you go there as mates to play at Epic Land and have fun, you'll probably make connections with other players that will want to mix with you or play with you and you'll work your way up the scene. You'll find other people that you can befriend. If you're a commentator, you can meet the players and you become mates with everyone. Like half the people I met throughout like, you know, my, my current friend group basically all came around from just being at Epic Land, being at iSeries, playing Source, playing CSGO, and getting pissed with these people, and being like, sick, you're a really cool guy. Let's hang out more. Let's play CS online. And you just make those connections. So I think it's not even really a, you know one of those aspects that comes into it. All those things that you can say attribute to every scene, the Danish scene, the Swedish scene. Everyone's on it. Everyone's having a good time. That's the point of a local LAN. I mean, the bit that makes it worse is it's like, if we had bigger events that gave you a reason to care, gave you a reason to fund a full team, send them there, get them a hotel, get them a boot camp before, because there's actually a prize pool and there's actually a reason, then yeah, you're probably not going to want to get drunk at the bar the day before like the grand final or the semis. But if you're going to Epic with your mates and you're looking forward to coming third, fourth and having a, a, you know, a swift backhand to the bar, then go for it. Yeah, just to add on to that as well, like it, it's strange because it's it's kind of a sign of the the market changing as well in the UK scene because you used to have Epic as kind of like the social CS tournament that you could just have a bit of a piss up at, and Insomnia was seen as the more serious tournament. Like you would you would bring a, a more established team to an to an I series and try and place well. 
now with iSeries, I think losing some of the the market value, Epic has to basically be the more serious LAN, which I think is going to kind of sour the the experience for some people because I think it it should it it should in a lot of ways and has I'd always identified as a more social event. But if it's going to be our uh, one of our cornerstone tournaments locally, then it has to be treated more seriously. No, I think ultimately is is what you're going to make of it, regardless, right? Yeah. Like individually and as a team. I think you can go to either event, and if you want to go and drink or whatever, you can do what you want. But you can't have it both ways, and then you know, like complain the the mm. the article or these people, like whoever's saying the things that they're saying, they're like out of touch or whatever. You know, like if if they are true, then it's just a statement of fact, right? Um, but yeah, I, I'm a firm believer of like it's what you whatever you do in in terms of CS, like it is what you make it to be. Yeah, I think that's the the main problem I had with the whole thing as well. Is like, uh, like just people wanted to moan for the sake of moan, you know, and like the whole thing with like like you said, you make it out what you want it to be. You know, it's like if you're going to go and drink, go and go and drink, but you can't be the same people on Twitter moaning about what Eternal J said and then saying, oh, we're taking it seriously, blah, blah, blah. And then you're the same people going to land and drinking and not taking it seriously. You know, it's just like, it, that's the main problem I had with it is obviously it was a big like blanket statement he made and obviously it annoyed a lot of people, but at the same time, it's, you can't kind of put out there on Twitter that you're the, it's like this false, this false identity, you know, of I'm, I'm really trying hard and um, this isn't me. But I mean, a lot of people talk, you know, and everyone also knows you're the same person or the same type of people that are going and drinking. It's like, like you said, if you're going to go and drink, it's, it's not a problem. It's, it's whatever. But you can't then have the other side of it on Twitter and say, oh, no, this guy's wrong and we're, we're doing the best we can and all this. It's just like, that's the main problem I had. It's just you can't, you can't have it both ways. Uh, is this the main thing? Yeah, I think my opinion of it was like, it was like, there was a few like blanket statements that could have made me worded better, but there wasn't really anything positive to take out of the interview about the UK scene, really, which wasn't at least how most people feel about it. But I think the main thing is also uh, Jay uh, doesn't has had a few uh, instances of being quite down about UKCS. I think like, there was a time he was cast in the ESL uh, semi-finals against when Endpoint, when uh, Endpoint versus Blackhand, when Blackhand almost beat them, and he referred to the game from Blackhand as like a life game rather than uh, they didn't mean it maliciously, but like they referred to it as a life game when it was a close game when but Blackhand could have just played well and yeah, like true, true. it didn't go down well and stuff like that. It's like it's viewing it as negatively when a team could just be playing well but like referring to it as a life game is a bit like dodgy that's one of those though as well where i feel like that's also something that comes from if you don't have a competitive background in the game as a player and then you move into commentating and especially if you're you're like even back in the day especially i sort of did the same thing where i was like you know i was part of the uk scene i watched the games knew all the players played with the players cast all the games it was the games master he plays the game he is the game but it's one of those where if that's what you're doing you're so wrapped up in that echo chamber that you have thoughts that make sense to you and the people immediately in the scene and it 
it'll be like, okay, yeah, I get that because I know the storylines. But when you say that to the global CS scene, it can make no sense at all or be really hyperbolic. And like you're saying, downplay certain achievements when they're not really there and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's one of those where if you have that as you're so heavily involved in one scene and that's what you care about the most, you say things that might not really have you know as much effect in reality. And it's also, if you don't have that sort of, you know, player background, it, it can be hard to know where the real important moments are sometimes because you get so sucked into it. If that's your whole focus, and you don't have sort of the, um, you know, the grounding to look back on of like, well, that was a dog shit play or actually that was really sick and did win them the game. You don't have that context. And I think sometimes you can say things that really have no matter of being said, you know. Uh, but I have some sympathy with that because I feel like, I, I like I, I know that uh, Jay also he casts a lot of tier two CS right as, as far as I'm aware like every single tournament that I see on HLTV is like I swear every single time it's Eternal Jay so I'm like I feel like he might be in the same boat as me where it's like he he doesn't know um like UK CS as well as maybe we should have you know like I don't know about Ash or Will but like I struggle massively keeping track of like uk players uk teams like who should be doing well like i remember there's been several points where in the esl premiership they ask us to seed the teams right and it's like mm -hmm. it's like man i don't i don't know you know what i mean like i don't know what these teams are capable of and essentially yeah. that that could be the same thing where it's like where he's been casting all these you know these higher tier tournaments that you know on paper endpoint like he would see it as endpoint should be being blackhand you know but then when he's saying, I, I don't know what he said, but if he was saying whatever he was saying, then, you know, like, I can see where that might come from if he, if he has the same sort of knowledge that I do. Yeah. yeah. It also, the, the only thing I will say is it also just means if you're tuning in as a viewer, like, first time UKCS, and that's what you hear, you're like, oh, well, you're kind of just sitting there like, oh, okay, well, that's not that exciting to watch then if, the, if they're not going to be a team to watch for, you know, like, I, even if that is your opinion, I don't, I think you either just, don't really say it because it doesn't really help anyone or you can just yeah just it's just something that doesn't need to be said on broadcast i don't think yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah especially like when you control the narrative of that and you're someone that's like you know a lot of where you found your stock in esports comes from one scene if you downplay that scene and go like wow this is yeah. wank isn't it it makes it look really <laughs> bad for everyone else involved and it's like well why did you spend all that time doing it then but like everyone else has said i think more so you know for what it is Jay, someone that's really sweet. Like he's always super been invested in in CS. You can see he cares about the game a lot. Yeah. He's put his reps in. Like you know, fair play. If he's got opinions, he can state them. It's not really that bad. I think you know some of it is just really sensational in the way it was shown. It was just the headline. Basically, he got BBC. So basically, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Like we are hundred percent clickbait to that. Like there was like we saw a chance, and it was like you know what this could actually like. It's, he, he said Famous. yeah, like he's ready to be hired by we, BBC. We had. We had like four, four, like we had like the drinking one. We were like, which one do we pick at this stage? Um, but one thing I want to say about like Max talking about like, okay, fair enough if you guys maybe don't know about the teams, but if someone like Eternal J is coming from EU and he's being paid to do something like this, then surely it's his job to know about the teams. Yeah, but where are you getting those resources from? Because it's all asking well like, because like we were talking about Atlanta. Emperor was just like, ask us. Like I've had, he was saying like. Oh, like Yumi's asked me and stuff like that. I don't know who he used, but like he used an example. He was like, "Oh, this person reached out to me. Like, ask me." 
Yeah, I mean, that's fine. And that's something you should probably be doing. Also, like, the, the only thing that makes it harder now is I feel like the scene is so much more fragmented in terms of seeing when things are going on, the, you know, in terms of scrims, in terms of what everything is actually happening behind the scenes, and even just talking to people again. You don't see anyone anywhere near as often because people are a lot more agoraphobic these days. They're not going to land. Lands aren't happening as much. There's not really those smaller kind of integral events in the middle that would bring people together where you get newer people that come into the scene. So I feel like you've lost a lot of that and on his defense as well if he's busy doing other stuff you know probably yeah. is the last thing on the back of his mind when he's like i've got uk prem at the end of the week let me message mighty max and ask him why he does that smoke on train six months ago four mm. years ago you could also just <laughs> not rate black hand you know <laughs> they're just at exactly. some point really good you never know all right guys um i think we dove pretty much everything into the uk uh cs like the hit like the scene or the problems the solutions the upward trajectory is there anything we're missing before we uh move on i i guess the final thing i will say is i feel like we do get a bit of an unfair bad rep sometimes because like i'm looking for example at player numbers so like poland has over double our player numbers they don't have like a top team they have a couple of top players i think it's just been a scenario where there's always been uk players who are like just sort of in the spotlight internationally but we've never had a team that's all really players that have ever like won events or been real top so it's like we've always been there and we've always just been eh and that's what if you're not a ukcs fan you look at that and you you just kind of think oh well what is ukcs but it's just this awkward scenario where like even australia for a long time had a, a top team just because we've never had that i think it kind of like skews the way cs is viewed in the uk you know well, we, CS, we did have in a terms top of team like... though way back, uh, like a Nexus when the game first came out, released and everyone they were they were popping off. But it's obviously with that again, there was the big yeah. like purge of the scene because everyone just quit because there was no money, there was no orgs, and there was no chance. Like I think that's the only problem with it is we've lost so many good players throughout the years that have just trickled away that you, you lose a lot of the pieces that you could slot in everywhere else. Sorry, by the way, Yumi. My no, bad. that's all right. I've, I've it's hard to always tell when we're speaking over each other on online. Um, yeah, it's it's also just like. Uh, it goes back to that whole marketability of of english speaking nations like first off viewership is largely watching the the english broadcasts like i think outside of brazil main uh, most of the people watching these these events are putting in in english and so some of the narrative is definitely going to be pitched towards english yeah. and when you think about english speaking regions na gets a lot of the the short end of the stick in terms of being kind of shit on the uk is going to get that brunt as well and australia are just given the exception because they're so far away from where europe is that like the feasibility of them competing can just be pretty non-existent if they're they're locked out so yeah we're, we're always going to get kind of an unfair comparison to, to other regions even if but but we also are a very vocal small player base if, if you really think about <laughs> it like yeah we, we we'd like to pipe up yeah we also just have so many casters and stuff right i think mm -hmm. that also keeps it in people's minds like why are there yeah. no good teams there? Uh, Messi, then the Max, casting thing is like it goes yeah the casting thing is just like it's like i was like this is what jay said i think in the article as well he, like i asked him about the casting he was like well like we speak english like we can word players so i think that's like a it's like a different topic in itself though also i hit on before uh ready interrupt it's no big deal uh mezzi max ash lvn any input and anything else i missed sorry oh I'd, I'd, I'd sort of going on the point, but like as a UK player, I think there's 
there's like a stigma against UK players in a lot of aspects in terms of like um if you're if I go and solo queue uh, a premium face it game and they see I'm um, I'm solo queued and they see the UK flag, there's instantly like, oh god, UK player on my team. And do there's definitely definitely some bad apples in the scene that give us this name, but I think it's no different to other countries to be honest. But I do I do think we do have a bit of a stigma and it in terms of that sort of stuff it does but uh, it does hinder opportunities, but also if you're good enough, it doesn't matter what country you're from, you'll get opportunities as well. I agree with that. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't think any teams or anything think that about UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a, yeah. a meme thing. It's never gonna go away. I think. Yeah. It's like encountering a Danish five stack on Facebook, you know, like you just you come <laughs> yeah. in terms with it. And you're playing Vertigo on them. Yeah. Uh Mezzi, Max, anything? Anything I anything I missed? No, I don't think no, so. No. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, move on. Just a little, like, personal little questions. Nothing in depth before we close it off. I'm going to start off Mezzi. Uh, in a previous, like, podcast episode, I think it was Yumi who mentioned, like, you're one of the up- most gifted UK players and also players in the in general, one of the most players in the world. And my question is, uh, were you always slated to be the IGL for Fnatic? Um, so... I mean, obviously, once the whole roster changes happened with, like, Alex and it didn't work out there, um, I think we always had talks of me doing it um, just because I did a lot of the second call and and was always interested in, like, uh, creating new strats or, like, helping out in server time and having, like, a a bit of a voice there. Um, So when that kind of roster change happened, obviously, we were always still looking to see what options were available in terms of IGLs. Um, and it kind of had to be the right set of players that we had for me to be able to IGL in, in a team because obviously I'm not going to be the type of IGL that can sit there and micromanage all players because I think that obviously takes away a lot from your your own game and that's something I didn't want. So I think when the change kind of happened with Alex, it was just kind of I, w- I was more than happy to do it and really wanted to try it out and like motivate to, motivate to try it um but it just kind of had to be the right set of players you know and it couldn't be uh like i said a, a team where i had to micromanage a lot and i think at the moment we've got a good set of players that i can kind of run the system or like how i kind of want to call because we've got a set of players that are, uh, are capable of being able to communicate really well and and so on uh, speaking just, of, oh, go ahead, go sorry, ahead. Go can, ahead. I, can I just correct the intro to this question? Because while I do have those opinions of Mezzi, I was not the one that said it. I you think weren't? It was Alan in a, in a UK opinion. No, you, it wasn't ours. Oh, well, it okay. was ours. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even remember saying it. Well, I, I watch much. every VOD. I got it. Don't worry about it. I mean, it. my bad then. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, your, your team, uh, you could, uh, you guys just signed Flames from, uh, what team was it again? Uh, you guys pick, uh, who you guys Fasha? picked up today? Flasha. Who you guys? Who you guys picked them up? Yeah, Flasha. Flasha. From what team? Sorry. Uh, from Ecstatic. Yeah, from Ecstatic, and you also picked up Nico Dust and Roy from uh, Copenhagen Flames. What's the outlook for Fnatic going into Pro League and, and also going into the Major? I think uh, obviously it's hard to tell at the moment. It's coming straight out of a play break, which is obviously unfortunate. The the major calls have been kind of placed here, which is obviously another topic. But um, I think for us, obviously, we had a good amount of time off and at least 
before the play break we were able to implement um some good stuff with nico and roy and get on well with them we had a a small like boot camp before one of the lands before uh, uh at the player break and then now obviously just picking up fascia and had a small chance to play with him like before to trial trial some some of him him playing in the team and i think Obviously, it's going to take a lot of time because uh, there's obviously a lot of new roles for people. I'm playing a lot of new positions and obviously a big shift in in me, I gelling. So I think it's obviously going to take a lot of time and the way we're playing and the way we kind of see, like I said, how we, we want to play is a lot of is a lot based on communication in the team. Um, it obviously takes a lot of time, especially with people or players like Nico, Roy, who, who have never played in like a English speaking team. They've always played in Danish teams. It's obviously a, a big, a big uh, difference for them. But I think obviously with the like the firepower we have and the potential we have, we can obviously make playoffs and obviously the goal is to make the RMR and so on. But um, it's obviously really hard to tell at the moment because it's coming straight out of, out of a play break where we obviously have had the break and not played so much and it, we still need to have like add so much and get to know each other, each other even more. So I think um, it's just hard to tell at the moment where, where we're going to be in in such a short space of time. But I think we've just on firepower alone, I think we can make a, a lot of upsets uh, against some of the bigger teams in pro league. What, what, and lastly, what can we say, what can we see from you going from 2022 and 2023? You hit an HL feed top, uh, top 20 at all. This coming up uh i mean probably not this year not um, this year. say next year it's called next year next year um i don't know it's a possibility but it's, i guess like for me especially in the the role change it's not it's not something i'm gonna focus on too much and um obviously it would be great to get into the top 20 but for me it's just like it's uh, just a full focus on like the the team aspect and getting getting to where we need to be because obviously fanatics are a huge organization and we've had a lot of success over the years uh in, in CS and it's kind of getting us back to uh, at least to a level where we can start competing for titles and stuff at these big events because obviously we haven't been there for a while and it's just uh, obviously where Fnatic need to be and the fans kind of expect uh, expect us to be there. Yeah, I want you guys. I want to see Fnatic back in the major. It's been a long time, and I hope yeah. you, and I hope you guys actually make it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I need I need that signature. So yeah, and I can help design it if it need be. I, I do a hell of a signature. <laughs> For anyone. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to move on to uh, Mighty Max. Uh, first off, I was going to ask if I could add a question for you. Go right ahead. Okay. You, you've played under four great in game leaders Max, Adam. Thank you. Um, Alex, and Ash. I want to Ash, were you calling it back in the Xenix days? Uh, yeah, I was actually. So. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, actually, out of, out of those in game, like who, uh, obviously, with you taking over in game leading roles, um, where like which version of polling do you like most align yourself with i suppose that's a good question um i guess probably most with max i guess with how we played in endpoint um i think is kind of how we probably play would how i see the game the most but also i think i learned uh quite a lot from obviously everyone i played with ash i've spoke to throughout all the years and learned a lot from him and um even with alex as well played in c9 with him and then in the early days in Fnatic, it's like i think it's about taking bits from everyone and i think like you said i think answering your question is probably the most is from max i guess in like the style and how we kind of played all right 
Can I ask one as well, actually? Go right well. ahead. Sorry. Go right ahead. Um, so you mentioned, and I actually spoke to you about this uh, in Sweden, about like your fragging ability, and you said it didn't want to, like, you, you didn't want it to be affected. Yeah. Now you've had more time in the saddle, and like you've got the full five looking at scrims. Like, are you still performing in the same way that you used to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was always going to be a hit initially on on my performance just because it's a, a lot to take in and obviously it's completely different going from second calling to first calling. But it's just like, for me, it's I was playing a lot of positions and roles before where even, I guess, in Endpoint, there's a lot more star star roles and then even in Fnatic it was I never really played star roles at all um but now it's more I think it's definitely more out my outside of my comfort zone in the roles that I'm playing so it's obviously it's always going to take time for me to adjust and I think it's it's always going to take a hit on my performance but I think as time goes on it's like I think I've always been a player that can kind of take on new roles anyway and over time get used to them and be able to get the best of out get the best out of them so I think over time and even in practice before the player break it was going well so it just it just takes time with same as anything who's your second caller now then because I remember you said it wasn't like as defined last time we spoke uh I would say Roy um I think that that's the nice thing, like I said, with this team is that I think everyone's communications are really high level. And even with the players that haven't speak spoken English in, in past teams, it's like with Roy, it's the, an, an IGL's dream to have someone like that in because he's just, he's constantly talking, giving ideas and the positions he plays, obviously anyone can say like, oh, he's playing the star roles. It's it's easy to get really good stats and, and so on. But even if you put players in those positions, they still have to frag and perform. You know, it's not it's not just you automatically get good stats because you play those positions. So having someone like him in is like he's constantly giving ideas and able to call stuff. And even with someone like Nico, it's been like a, a really good a really good uh, thing to have in the team because he's uh, he he always knows what he wants from his team and also he knows what he wants to do. So I think when you have an AWPA that can do that, it, it makes the the T sides at least a lot easier for me to call when you have a lot of um, initiative in the team. Anyone else have any more questions for Mezzi? Yeah, when, when's your next stream? Uh, <laughs> yeah, next question. <laughs> Retired. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank, thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm going to move on to um, Mighty Max. It's a, it's a similar question with the IGL, like, uh, but I'm going to throw a little spin on it. Like, does IGL throw, make a huge input like on performance? Because there's a, conception, there's a huge conception that like being an IGL, your performance is going to be shit. Do you believe in that? Um, I'm pretty much a firm believer of the, like I said before, like you, you, what, what you put into CS is what you're going to get out of it. I think like Will touched on, micromanaging a lot of people as an IGL will take a hit on your your game but I think that nowadays I don't think many top IGLs are going to be doing that I think maybe you know a couple a couple years ago maybe five six years ago I think a lot of a lot of the top IGLs are doing that uh, but I think nowadays it's you look at the best teams and, and almost none of them are doing that um, so like I, I aspire to play that style um, but I'm much more of the player that will take the lesser positions pretty much all the time. So, you know, if in, in that regard, I, I guess it could Im impact your stats compared to other players, but not off the bat of just being an IGL impacting stats. I don't really think so, no. Uh, and speaking of Endpoint, and we're hitting on ESL Premiership, it's a joke question. Is any team ever considered going to beat you guys? 
Or do you guys keep going to wreck it up that title? It's a troll question. I mean, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we want to win it, but yeah. I, I've had I've actually said it before that I think when we've had to play with stand-ins that we we are a beatable team, and I think I think teams are more scared of us than they should be, um, because playing with stand-ins isn't easy. And I think if you play up against a full team, uh, like a, a a well-organized team with stand-ins, it's a very tough game to to play. So yeah, I mean, obviously we'll we'll obviously try and win. And um, and speaking of endpoint, you guys been kind of on a steady, steady climb up the HLTV rankings, and going into pro league, you you, you beat Heat in order. What can we be seeing from uh, endpoint going into pro league? Uh, it's, yeah, I mean it's going to be tough no matter what. Uh, what I say because I think when we made the roster change before the conference we only had maybe like 10 days of practice and then obviously we went to conference and we qualified and since then we still haven't had many practice days because of the player break um so yeah obviously we're we're wanting to do well we're wanting to win the three games and make it into the playoffs section um but again it's gonna be a lot of work because we are changing a lot of things and and myself as an igl i'm I'm learning a lot from regin um so, like for me, it's it's nice to see a, a big improvement so quickly. And um, you pretty much hit the other question off it by me asking it. Is there anyone else have a question for uh, Mighty Max? I was gonna ask. So you said that people weren't giving you respect, like in prem. Are there any teams that you say are? Well, no, giving no, too much. I, I mean, I'm, too much I'm, yeah, I meant, I meant they they give us like you know they they like see too us too afraid to peak yeah. and stuff. Is it yeah. like the peaks like, and stuff? I'm, so like, I'm pretty sure I saw either in an interview or something, people will, like, see that they're playing us and just give up instantly or something. I'm just like, obviously, that's not ideal, but when it comes to these, like, best of three playoff games and then the finals and stuff, like, it's not, you know, we are good individual players, but when you play with a stand-in, you know, like, my capacity as a caller to call strat, it goes down, like, tenfold, you know, because th- these players aren't going to know all the strats that we're going to run and all the call-outs and all these things, you know, so... It's it's a big hit to us when we play our stand-ins, but I think that team, yeah, like I was saying, teams uh, give us way, way too much respect. Yeah, just giving away the secrets of su- success. Just beat them. Stop respecting. Stop <laughs> respecting and just beat them. <laughs> uh, is anyone else for anything else for Mighty Max before we move on? Do you think you could still fit in the back of a car boot, Max? There we go. Yeah, I'm sure I could. Yeah, I reckon you could. <laughs> All right, Would uh, you ever see Endpoint come to like an I series, or just more like more prize pool? Is it? Um, I mean, most of me saying no, but then again, like for us, what is there any value in doing that? You know, because for us, we look at tournaments in terms of their prestige and what we can get from it you know like if we win an i series what are we really going to get from it outside the money you know you're not really going to get many hltv points or anything like this you're not going to get esl ranking you're not going to get anything like that so it's unlikely but you know i'm not going to say never i think i think as well one one question that kind of comes from your answer is um you know you talked about with igls now they're kind of they're not the me- at the moment it seems to be like you let your, your teammates kind of have more impact. You don't micromanage. Do you think that kind of puts more pressure than before on the IGLs to frag a little bit more since they're not doing as much of that? Yeah, I think for sure. Like, there's no like for me, there's almost no excuse outside of playing. Like, let's say you're an IGL and you're playing Star Rolls, sort of like 
I guess what Blaine Meth was doing at Complexity, right? Like he had kind of all the best roles. Then there's, if he was going, you know, negative or 0.9 rated or whatever every game, then there'll be no excuse, you know. But I think very much nowadays, like there's kind of been a, a trending mirror towards sort of space creating IGLs. Um, but it's just like there is obviously more dependency on them to get more kills, you know, outside of if like, you know, five, six years ago. Is there anything else anyone wants to ask? Nope. They're all good? All right. Uh, I'm going to ask Ash a couple questions. Uh, Hey, what's up? Um, What's up, Ash? (laughs) What's up? What's up? There we go. First question done. (laughs) No, second question, number two, the first one. Uh, We had a couple coaches uh, come on to the show. I just want to know, like, what input can you give an upcoming coach looking into the scene? Um... I think um, you need to try and kind of look at it as the same sort of way like as you're a player. So as you're a player, you're kind of, you can try to like work on your weaknesses like all the time, right? So if your aim's a bit bad, then you can look at it. If you're making position mistakes, something you look at that. And I think it's similar as a coach, but it's, it's kind of, the, the circumstances are kind of different as well, right? Because most of that will be like, you might have a, a noticeable like, disagreement or something and i think being able to reflect is really really important in being a coach and you try and go about it one way then you go back and you think about how they went how how could you have done that better for the next time and i think in that sense it's it's similar because you're you have to be learning all the time i don't think it really matters like how like how old you are and that could be for kind of anything like did you impact your practice in a good way or how can you keep the players motivated like like that sort of thing and um I think on top of that, there's other ways to keep learning. One of the things I kind of like to do is I try to ask, I'm a big Liverpool fan, and I think the, the coaches there are just like fantastic. And I try and watch as many interviews as I can and read them. And I think that's kind of great. And as well as like I watch all the analytical YouTube like content creators like Maui Snake, Nato, uh, Hawker, Elmer Puddy, et cetera, I watch like all their videos all the time. Just kind of, you know, I can't get that of a perspective on kind of everything. So it's kind of like, you're living and breathing so yes, a little bit. Uh, I think it's like a good way to keep everything fresh. Um, and then also being able to communicate properly, I think is really important. Like everyone has different personalities. So getting to to know your teammates is really important. You can't speak to everyone the kind of same kind of way. Um, and you've got to build a, like trust with people as well. And I think it's always something that can be improved on all the time, just like with anything else. And I'm a next question is gonna be a little HLTV ish, trying to get the scoop on gamer legion and gamer legion. You guys just lost zero to sinners, uh, rusty to into the breach, and you lost era. Is there any update on how your rosters gonna look like? You guys gonna like go with academy route? Anything, anything you, you can throw input on that? I uh, throw some leaks. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's um, yes, it'll be com- <laughs> yes, uh, it'll, be, it'll be coming soon. I think it's been like a, a long process, but I think it'll be hopefully in the next week. Damn, we're trying, we're trying to break break Reddit boards right now. <laughs> Is there anyone else have a question for Ash besides my unbelievable first one? Nope. Nope, we're all perfect, good? Perfect, perfect. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you, Ash. Uh, LVN, first off, I want to say thank you for creating all this. Thank you. No worries. And, and um, you're playing in uh, Spade, which is an advanced team, correct? Uh, yeah, we're playing in advanced, yeah. Uh, I want to know, like, since I'm in NA, what's, like, the general, cons- like, how is playing in advanced in EU compared to, like, an NA? Like, how difficult 
would you would you rate it like if you know anything like how NA conception is? Well, if you're comparing it to NA, I don't fully look at NA, but like yeah. EU Advanced is like is it's very hard in terms of like the format one in terms of best of ones. They've changed the vetoes in terms of it used to be like forty eight hour notice. You find out what map it is in the best of ones, so it's like a whole different game you're playing in terms of anti straying when you've got all these teams that mostly all play in HLTV events and you're finding out the map 40 hours before it somewhat becomes a different game but also in terms of the level of teams you could I get anything you get like top 30 teams who want to get into uh, Challenger League it's called now yes. but they have to go through advanced most of the time so they just ask for an invite in into, into advanced and then you've got maybe like top 150 teams so it's really like the skill gap is really like Big in terms of you got from top 30 to like top 150 teams, but it's like really competitive. Like, and the, if you compared it to uh, NA Advanced, it's I would I, I believe, would say it's a whole different yeah, it is. game. Like, NA Advanced is probably like EU main. That's why I, I have a conception. Yeah. Maybe even like we, we have teams and inters that are salaried and stuff. Like, that Prodigy's team, they're like properly salaried with like sponsors now. Yeah. And what can we be seeing from Spade going into this upcoming season? Like, um, hoping I'll... some good stuff. It's like uh, if we're on the topic about UKCS, um, it's uh, the team I'm in now is a sort of fresher lineup. We had a very UKCS style ending to my previous team of two years, pretty much. Um, in well, if if most people of UKCS have heard of Jamie, he's the most complex human you ever meet. But uh, and he was off to OG Academy, but for other reasons, he's now he's now I guess retired, you could say, um, and stuff like that. And then we're sort of rebuilding after losing him, which is a big loss sort of to have. And then uh, we're waking up on our day of two advanced officials. And um, I, I found out elsewhere, but other teammates found out uh, via a UK CSGO article that um, our teammate the previous night decided to join a different team. Um, so yeah, that was that was a very interesting time. But in terms of the in terms of the new roster, it's it's going well. It's gone for a gone for a younger lineup i think like we've brought in uh i was i've only i jailed like five uk players so with this new team we've got two 16 year old swedes that we brought in are like av we're, we're like a very young team including the two uk players like uh we're like 18 average age like we're a very young team so there's not a lot of expectations going into it but it's like a team with a lot of potential and it's uh it's like uh it's looking good and excited for the upcoming season for sure good to hear and i got one question special from reddit because i just have i post the reddit questions so people can ask you guys i know what's coming it is what is your favorite toast topping uh i love nutella nutella is my favorite topping and i don't know where this joke came from no i don't idea. know what happened but yeah i love nutella i was <laughs> supposed to get a part of nutella for tonight to to show it off to the stream but i forgot so sorry guys <laughs> i don't have any nutella in the house very sorry <laughs> So do you not actually love Nutella? No, I don't know <laughs> where it happens. Uh, people are saying they've been waiting for this moment. I don't have any Nutella in the house. I don't know where this came from. But yeah, so uh, that's that. So what is the real one? What is the what, sorry? What is the real flavor topping? Is it av avocado now? I'm a bit of a Marmite enjoyer, I'm not going to lie. Go. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Jesus, yeah, can we kick him off? <laughs> stick with a Nutella, man. Not a Same single base. one. Not a single Marmite. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, thank you so much again, Elvian, for setting this whole up. No worries. 
and we should give special props. It's it's been it's been it's been fun two hours. I don't think people realize it's been two hours. It's oh, it's, gone, no, gone when, for me at least. When Arsenal's talk, one two though, we're top of the league. We're not there Unbelievable. yet. We're not there yet. But when, when once we <laughs> this podcast go, like people don't understand it. Just it just keeps going, yeah. and and I don't like stopping it because I like getting everyone's input. That's the best part oh. about it. All right. I was gonna say, Albion, can I ask you about uh, Emp and like how important he is, especially with like some of the younger players? Oh yeah, it's especially important. Like especially when, even for myself, because I haven't been, I haven't been calling for the longest time. It's sort of an IGN or something I moved into. So, uh, and I haven't been with Emp the whole time I've been IGN. But in terms of the stuff he brings, and also just especially when you've got these newer players, like um, all of our players have played like a season advanced, but it wasn't like somewhat. This is their proper season advanced and a proper team environment and stuff. So the experience that's needed and the sort of teaching that comes with it, it's like a learning experience and having him sort of involved, especially with how long he's been around the scene and how long he's been, went from player to coaching and um, stuff like that. It's really uh, useful, especially for the younger players, for sure. Now the good old days of gatekeeper M. <laughs> he's he's now, been, he's, I think, on every single UK team at some now, stage. He's now the final boss of UK Pro League. Dude, people, everyone, people, everyone fears, or, or they're gonna get kicked. Yeah, people genuinely like back when he was on that Mind Sanity roster. People genuinely thought he was like some UK mastermind that was pulling all the strings behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Godfather of the scene. Yeah. Right, Elvia, wait, wait. He's Elvia, our ocean. I think. Thought, thoughts on the changes that were gonna happen to Pro League. Um, I don't know how much people knows, but like, I, I, it's something we did touch upon. But for the UK and people say how small it is in the European scene, we actually, I think, we're parts due to Endpoint and what Endpoint have done taking over the circuit. But the face, face it up wise, we probably have the most in Europe. We have probably have the most active like domestic hub for all levels, not just Pro League, but like from level ones to level tens. And I think you won't see the benefits in like a year, but like if however long CS goes on. When you've got hubs like this, like developing skill and what Endpoint are trying to do with like a road to, or was it path to pro? I think that was it and stuff like that. I think it's really good what we're doing. And the UK is, has the most active hub for this sort of stuff. Um, but with the, with changes that were going to happen, it was quite um, interesting. But yeah, it's it's looking good. But yeah, I think that was one thing we haven't touched upon on this is we actually have a good. I think I saw Max play it the other night. I don't. It's it's sort of a it's sort of a thing that not a lot of people it's not a thing you want to grind all the day all day especially like i know max and mezzi like how much like you have in practice and how much other stuff you have to do you don't think about oh i want to play uk pro league and stuff like that but it's it's just a good time in general it's a it's a good thing to have in the scene for sure yeah i mean i kind of forgot it existed <laughs> um, <laughs> it was fair as then, well uh, it was shout out to fraser this is your shout out fraser for getting me to play it it was very fun very yeah. fun. All right, thank you so much, LVN. No worries. Um, Freddie, uh, first, I know you're in a late addition to this show, and because we got you on the minute we did the first posting on the Twitter, uh, some people messaged me, it's like, gotta bring him on there. So we're talking on DMs about it. So thank you again nice. for, for, for uh, showing up. I want to just, you. I want to know, uh, since a lot of people do not know, uh, what got you so invested in this cover in the UK CS so like so thoroughly? Like, um, it's I a, mean, well, it's, it's a, a, a journalist. Like, sorry, it's like a journalist. Like how, how you are. Um. Well, because how I see it, like this might seem a little bit. I I found I found this a little bit with casting at Epic Land as well. It was like you want to give the scene a professional 
uh, like help with professionalism. And I think especially with UK CSGO, and I've spoken to a lot of players like this, is like we're giving people coverage that they wouldn't normally have. Like we're not the biggest uh, and we're definitely quality over quantity. But like especially the coverage that I wasn't actually a part of it, but the coverage at Epic Land, uh, Arnie and Daff, like interviewing players like that like for these players firstly it's sick for them to get an interview like that's so like a lot of the players were like this is actually just so cool being interviewed um and like putting that out there and we had uh, i think it was azuwu got into one pin and like we had we found out it was literally because we shouted him out in an article and they were like oh who like who the fuck's this guy and just given like that Giving something that the UK scene can, like, it represents in that front, like, Dust2 has, like, NA has Dust2 NA, there's, like, Dust2 Denmark, and there's all these different things, like, the UK never had that. Uh, UK, Esports News UK is really good on it, but they don't, like, it's, he, Dom does mostly League of Legends, and, like, he tries to help with CS, but in the end, it's, like, he doesn't really know much about CS, and there's not too much to cover, like, he, he can't dedicate himself to it, whereas we have, like, a full team all dedicated to UKCS and I feel like it's only going to get more and more because we have so many plans to do um like build upon what UKIC and Endpoint are doing with like, a community as well and um, I don't know we're just all really invested in trying to better the scene as well and then to be honest from my perspective as well it gives me a platform as well for my work like as just a personal with my journalism but like, it just gives me a platform as well which helps you're also a commentator right yeah, that's so that's the commentator is mainly what I do, and then the journalism is something that I fell into by accident, and I'm kind of running with. Uh, the journalism part, you've been hitting the topics pretty good. I, I was reading the UKCSGO.com articles, and you're doing a really good job. That's why I give you credit for that. Oh, well, thank you, man. And um, what is your upcoming schedule for the commentating looking like? Any commentating events uh, we should be looking up? Well, I'm commentating in two hours. We've got like there the CCT go. stuff that's going on. Uh, so the CCT the CCT tour, uh, it's like hasn't been publicized at all even though it's like 3.4 million dollars uh so i think maybe the social media should probably get a little bit upped on that but that started the other day uh south america is going on right now we've got central europe coming up in a week i think and then there's like a few other things that we're looking at uh my, my duo b dog he's very busy right now with esl stuff but yeah, we're is. hoping to get yeah, because he's, he, he's, he's just gone full-time, um, but I've got an issue where I'm still at university, which is a mixture of, I think, like, it's good to get, it's good to stay in university and good to get a degree and, like, have a fullback, because Brandon's 26, tw 24, so he's, like, he's got a university, he's, he's got a degree and can always fall back, so he's kind of taken that risk to go full-time. I don't even know if it's a risk anyway, but like, uh, and then also to appease my parents, my parents are very against me commentating and casting. They're actually actively trying to stop me. Um, so like staying in university helps with that, but then it also reduces me from being full time. Like there's a lot of, especially going into this, cause I didn't do very well in university last year. Um, and I like, I want to do better in university. So if I'm going to stay. Uh, and I think going into this next year, I'm actually gonna have to tone down casting a little bit with like the grind because we did something like we, 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 I think in the space of like, in the space of like three months, we did almost 200 maps casted and like I, it was awful, but it was the grind that we had to do. And that's something that I can't really do again though. So I think I'm going over for that as well, like quality over quantity as well, like the yeah. journalism. And again, thank you so much for joining and doing oh, all, no the, all this stuff. Uh, Jackie um Yo. thank you again for uh joining uh, i got a question from some reddit guys and nart 
I'm I'm dubbing you the king of drip because I've seen all your photos on Instagram and all your shit and, and, and how much clothing, how good you have. What is your favorite pair of uh, shoes? That's my question for you. Your favorite Oof. sneaker. Uh, I've got quite a few. Uh, most of them are at home in London at the minute because I'm in I'm in California, so I don't have too many of them with me. I do have these ones. These ones are sick. Um, there's these bad boys that. They're they're like a collaboration with Adidas and then also an artist, I think called like Jeremy Scott. And it's got like 30 different types of fabric Holy like shit. woven <laughs> into it. I got these bad boys from like a charity shop for like 80 quid. Mad sniped them. Don't know how that happened. So I think probably these at the minute. They're, yeah, they um, look pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep yeah, you, go I'm, hard. I'm just gonna keep dubbing you the king of drip. That's my oh, yeah. that's that's my ti- uh, title. I'm for coming you. for you. I'm 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 coming for that title. That's what I'm saying. Can... I, I've got this shirt on. I'm coming for it. It's not about <laughs> the clothes, though. It's about how you wear them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, okay. Like, you, gotta, you know what I mean? Like, are you, are you sporting backpacks like this? Is this what you're rocking up to events? <laughs> okay, with? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost there. I've got yeah, the, yeah, the, the shoes know, and shirts I've got. You, like, you need almost. the confidence yeah, to wear that see, backpack. It's, it's a whole lifestyle. <laughs> like when I, when lands were happening, like before COVID, and I was Rick doing Quake events you. as Desk Coast, mate. I used to turn up with a multicolored fanny pack. And I'd have like loads of different sweets in there. So if anyone got tired on the desk, you just whip out some skittle, like skittles and shit. That was banter. That's bring amazing. everyone back to life. Yeah. All right, so, so Jackie, so there you go. is there any? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reach strange... into this fanny pack. Yeah. If a strange man comes up and offers you sweets, don't take them. Bro. <laughs> this is the thing. See, you know, no one Unless had me in mind when your family were like, "Oh, don't take sweets from strange bearded men." From me, it's but well this, worth but it. It's but free this guy, skittles. This guy has some major fucking drip on. I might need to consider. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you seen his MF Doom ring? I'll definitely have a skill. <laughs> MF Doom ring? Yeah, bro. That's sick. Yeah. Do you have it with you? Yeah, all caps. There you go. Oh, that's fucking unreal. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You know, you, you know what? You know what? How? Like, did you? How did you get that? Did you buy it online? Yeah, yeah. I got it ages ago. Like, but uh, I wanted something to to remember the champ by. Rest yeah, in peace. Rest in peace, Emma. Uh, legend himself. Is there any upcoming tournaments you're going to be attending? Uh, various bits and bobs. Got some stuff booked in for August. Most likely going to be heading up to Vegas uh, if it goes ahead and hosting uh, a Halo event or commentating it, depending on what happens. It's kind of being fleshed out. A few online qualifier bits, uh, a couple of various things, and then possibly in poland in september doing some some cool cs stuff there with davy so i think that that'll be pretty fun but yeah a couple, couple of bits coming up in cs and then some other stuff back outside of the game as well again it was so good having you and always looking so fresh man thank you brother it was a good time i think it was fun it was nice to to have a chat with all the gamers and and have a good vibe i enjoyed it haka i got some for you before i end up with yumi um just uh thank you again for joining the show is is there any upcoming events you, you have uh, coming up we should be looking out so for the amount of times i get asked like a week before to do an event is ridiculous so nothing right yeah. now but who, who the hell knows in esports man i've been asked like a day before the event sometimes to fly out and you're like all right cool let's do it uh, and you host and you do a youtube channel correct I do. I've been a bit lazy recently, but I do indeed have a YouTube channel. So for people who listen to, to Narda here, what's your YouTube channel consist of? Uh, it's mainly right now just like 
breaking down players, I guess, is the main thing. And then I'm also trying to do some more like storyline content because I think that's missing in CS. Like I think Nart does a great job and there's a lot of people that do a great job with analysis stuff. But I feel like we miss out on the storylines sometimes. So I'm trying to do that too occasionally. I mean, uh, thank you so much for joining. And we hope to get you again if like a panelist someday, if you ever consider that. Thank you. Thank you. You're also doing your review series of every type of ramen, aren't you? That's yeah, been going it's... on for like a year now. Excuse me? I, that, I, it, I can't tell if you're just making this up or if you're using <laughs> you, someone else. What do you mean? <laughs> You've been doing it for literally like a year, but last time I saw you, when we were at that um, that Asus event, you were telling me, you were like, I've just had the boiling hot triple chili. I was like, this, is ne this never happened, Jackie. This Have you dream. not started uploading them? You were telling me you've been doing it for a year. No, no it never happened. <laughs> Jeez. I think we should see right. some content with ramen. Yeah, we should. Haka, start doing it. Haka's Food analysis, channel. I feel like, is like a Maui kind of angle, you know? No, Haka's got to do it. It's got to be... <laughs> <laughs> right, again, thank you so much. And no Yumi. No Yumi's a common yeah, sure. common guest we always have. But we always... Oh, is there any events you'd be, uh, you'd be doing upcoming? Uh, there's a couple things in, in August and kind of into the start of September, but... Well, they'll be they'll be on my socials if if you're so inclined. <laughs> Yo, yeah, plug in, plug in for the socials. <laughs> Again, uh, we'll be having Yumi back for upcoming episodes. So he's always like the one the best, or one of our better panelists. Again, thank you so much for showing uh, for showing up. Cheers, man. And um, lastly, some laid back questions just for everyone. What what map changes do you guys want to see? Bring back Fergie. Get just yeah, bring in cash. Bring back cobble. Oh god, don't bring in cash. Back bring back man. train, man. I'm old school uh, cobble. Train school and cobble. cobble back. Yeah. And what map? Always oh, I heard Mirage and Vertigo. Is that a consensus? Get yeah, just two. I like. Yeah, I like Vertigo. Which minus does two, flame minus two guys. Like, what's, what's your consensus? So bad. What's your consensus on ancient? That's good. It needs to. It's okay. I think the I like fact that we've only seen like what with like minimal changes in like almost two years, I, f I feel like it still is that there was an attempt to make it less decided, but I feel like maybe it's, it's, a it's, few more changes. Yeah, that's what I go with. Yeah, I'm not a fan of how slow they update the map, uh, but I don't, as a whole, I don't really mind the map, but I just wish it was I updated more. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna they're be pretty fast with the Vertigo up when Vertigo yeah. first came out. They were pretty like fast in terms of Which how often good. updates yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's why I expected with Ancient. Yeah, it, it took a whole like a year, a year and two months. I was like, okay, well, the map's just hot garbage. Yeah, I think their whole like fundamental way of you know how they actually patch the game though and do anything has changed it's... so much. Since all right, the uh, speaking of, that, of updates, so. this is a huge MM update. Do you guys all get global? Oh, I, so I queued with Floppy and he got silver two and I yeah, got gold I saw number that. one. I saw like, that. what was that? We queued, yeah, like we, we we queued in a five man and then half of us got like gold over one and silver. Like, how? Uh, We're being I, discriminated I have, against. I have like the CS like no tweet notifications on, so I see whenever there's an update on my phone, and it's just such a clickbait. Like, if I, I see it pop on my phone, I see like matchmaking ranks changed or something. It's such a good one. What? It's just everyone's losing their rank to like recalibrate or something, aren't they? Mezzi, did know, you do everyone's it? hoping for an August update, a big, was it like 10th and, anniversary or something yeah, this year. Yeah, and another month. Oh, Mezzi, yeah. did, you, did you do MM? Yeah, um, I went, I actually got promoted. I went from like, I don't know, I don't really play MM. And yeah, I, went, no, I, I obviously. 
I played it. I played the game with Ash and went from like uh, DMG or something to Legendary Eagles. So maybe it's the it must oh, road, to global, yeah, no, road, to global, like road to global. Road to global. Oh, floppies is road to global. That's the true story. Yeah. right there. <laughs> um, Should we get an MM starting off this then? <laughs> you guys can do it right away. <laughs> Yo. Um, and one other question. Um, since the M4A4 up, the M M4A1 update, do you guys still? What's your debate on that issue? Uh, A1S, A1S is still a little bit, yeah, it's still a bit busted. Yeah, um, I, I, I told my, I told my friends, stickle day one, like, oh, the more bullets, but like, it's, any, it's any people who go to the A4 are just edgy. Yeah, yeah. A, A1S is still it, I think. Like the five pretty bullets sure, is enough. Yeah, pretty sure we'll yeah. change to the A4. So <laughs> I, I insta changed to the A4 and then went back. Yeah, uh, and then I, I've gone yeah. back, but I don't know, man. I can only get two kills with the A1S, and then you yeah. just run out of bullets. So. Spamming as well, like CT yeah. side, I feel like monster as well. Like you just can't spam monster, for instance, anymore. Yeah. Or it's not as good. It's like their solution to it is like, oh, well, he can only well. get like two and a half kills, and then he's gone. <laughs> you know, like he gets traded then, but it's not fix the weapon. It's like it's 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 the cost that gets me. Like it's it's a stronger yeah. gun and it's cheaper. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, for CS news, we're pretty much. I think we hit everything. We're gonna do a little football talk since it just Premier League just started today and Arsenal won screw you Elvian <laughs> uh, I just, I just want to know uh, what teams you guys uh, what clubs you guys support Birmingham City uh, what, for Liverpool this is, this is where I say I support Villa and Messi never talks to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I support Arsenal yes <laughs> Pain, pain brother. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just don't follow football, so I know that. You no, mean. same. I never gave a fuck about football. football. When I was a kid, my family always used to ruse me and lampoon like me into being taken to games. And they used to lie to me and say that we were going on like an Easter egg hunt or going to the cinema. And I get on a fucking. How many bus. times can they lie to you about what yeah. yeah. Dude, I was, I was a baby, man. I was a little, you know, my brain hadn't developed yet. I didn't know what it meant. You to lied to me again. Like, Literally, <laughs> you get there, and then it was Easter in your football hunt. field, and you're like, for no, that, fuck's that's, sake. That's part of the Easter egg hunt. It's like, you have to go watch a football game. It was yeah. mad. At one yeah. point, I did get, um, I got grabbed by one of the players from Charlton as well. He, like, came over and it's basically like lifted me. Yeah, it, well, no, not in, like, a, you know, an outrageous way. He just sort of grabbed me and took Tried me onto to the pitch you. when I was a little baby, <laughs> like, holding me like fucking you. Simba and just walked me around and everyone signed me and then I got given back. And I was just, <laughs> yeah. So that's my experience with football. It's been violated. Um, were your parents just saying they're just like oh yeah fair enough normal no they loved it they were big activities. fans yeah they were hyped as fuck they probably still have the jersey somewhere <laughs> well up for it it's, so... my baby. Yeah. it's gonna we, uh... be so weird going to watch england world cup games in december i, I don't know I, how I, it's so... gonna work what do you guys mm. what do you guys think of or for england where, where are they gonna end up oh it's coming it's coming home uh, yeah it's coming home, home. Yeah, yeah. hashtag it's coming home i want everyone to say that yeah. Is, this for, is this for Twitter? It's for Twitter. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to end the show off because it's been a two and a half hour show right now. Again, I want to thank LVN. I've been saying it so many times. Again, thank you so much for setting this all up. Thank Freddy for some input. Uh, thank you. Thank Jackie, you, me, Honka for being unbelievable. Uh, thanks to the pros, Mezzi, Mighty Max, and the coach, Ash. This is Narda here, and we're signing off.